power on. It's TIE Fighter Renegades, a Star Wars podcast. Oh boy, it is time for TIE Fighter Renegades, perhaps the biggest TIE Fighter Renegades in history. Uh, <laughs> 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 but it's all because we are going to, and of course I'm not alone, I'm being joined by my man, Robin Freebeard. And we, uh, we're going to, this whole episode, and I think this is just about all we're going to do, is we are going to break down, because he and I both saw opening night, Rise of Skywalker, Star Wars, Episode Nine. It is the end of the saga. It's all over, folks. I mean, there's just going to be no, no. <laughs> it's, it's, supposedly the Skywalker saga is over, but of course, saying that this is the Skywalker saga, even that might be a bit of a misnomer, and you'll know what we mean as we go through this. Uh, I do want to let out right at the onset, this is going to be spoiler-filled. Spoiler-filled. I'll put it in the show notes or in the in the, the title of the episode. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Uh, there's no way we're not going to get into spoilers. I mean, we got to. We got to talk about this because um, this was, to put it simply, a whole lot of movie. Uh, and I, I mean, like, it's not the longest. How what is is Rob, is Last Jedi, is that still the longest Star Wars movie at like two and a half hours? You know, I was wondering that last night when I got out of the the movie, but it it did seem like this this was close to that. Yeah, I, I think this is about two twenty. Yeah, I think Last Jedi still holds that record. Um, I couldn't tell because we had I don't know approximately forty five minutes of trailers to get through uh, before the the movie even started, and that's very that's not much of an exaggeration. Uh, Ellen and I went and saw it, and we I got there like a half hour early expecting um or you know we got there a half hour early expecting craziness there wasn't a whole lot of craziness couple people dressed up i'm actually curious about your theater experience rob as well um but then you know clock clock strikes six and i know we were there for at least another half hour worth of trailers that to me is insane but when you got what is going to be or you know certainly whether the movie's good or not and we're going to get into that um when you have what is clearly going to be one of the biggest movies of the year, certainly money-wise, no matter what this thing's going to do money, even though I've heard that in China it is opening up very lackluster and is actually the weakest of the entire saga uh, as far as opening in China. Um, you know, yeah, you're going to have everybody wants to fucking advertise in front of this thing. Yeah, so Historically, the Star Wars movies haven't done really well in China, though, have they? Like, No, yeah, I mean, and there's there's reason for that. Because these are very American films, you know, right. uh, some Kabuki aspects that can uh, that appeal to Japanese audiences, you know, and that often makes Star Wars a nice fit within manga and anime. But uh, by and large, yeah, I mean, these are very, 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 very Western movies and playing off of very Western themes. Right. Um, well, from which, what I understand, uh, too, is, is that back in the day, back in the 70s, uh, there was basically a a Japanese manga that was a ripoff of Star Wars that actually came out before the Japanese actually got Star Wars. And was that, to them, or was that a, uh, what is it? A Liga or shit. I love this League of Galactic Heroes. Is that, yeah, I think, I think so. Yeah. Oh, that's a great series, but anyway, go right. ahead. But, yeah. but to them, that's the real Star Wars. Yeah. Star Wars. They've some for some reason seems, uh, feel Star Wars is the ripoff. Right. Right. Yeah, uh, is that is that Yoshiki Tanaka? Anyway, it does that that doesn't matter? We're here to talk Rise of Skywalker, right? Right. right. 
<laughs> we can get it on all that kind of history stuff later on. Um, but I, I, it's not League. I think it's Legend of Galactic Heroes that it actually translates to. They've been doing English translations of those for a while, the novelizations of them. Anyway, like we're here. We're here to talk about Rise of Sky, Skywalker. Uh, Rob, I mean, what was, what was the theater like when you went? I mean, you're out there in California. You know, this is Hollywood Central in a very real way. I mean, wh- how, how was it? I mean, well, for one, I didn't even actually end up getting the, the, the tickets that I wanted uh-huh. because uh, there were, there was some sort of mess up when I bought my tickets, you know, what is when they went on sale like a month or two ago. Oh, they messed and, up when they were selling them. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, I thought I was, you know, uh, buying tickets for the Century Theater here in Orange County and mm-hmm. ended up actually getting a ticket for, for a theater in San Jose. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow, so, all right. So I had to do like a, a, a close to last minute ticket change, theater change. And and thankfully got, uh, they just built a, a theater in the town that I live here. And thankfully I, I was able to, to get a, a, a ticket there. But you know, I, I, unfortunately, I, I kind of live in Dudebroville. Oh. And that's mostly who were there was like boomers and dude bros. Yeah. So there so was not no, a lot of cosplay? No cosplay at all. Wow. Yeah. You know, uh, so when I, I think when I when I went to go see Solo, I felt like there was a lot of I mean, and I'm in New Hampshire, you know, where, you know, like culturally inept New Hampshire uh, and <laughs> like none of that stuff really goes on. But I, I saw some cosplay. I remember at Solo um, and some at Last Jedi. It was nuts at Force Awakens. But this is definitely the most subdued Star Wars crowd I had seen since maybe when I saw Clone Wars in 2005 in theaters yeah. uh which that was actually almost an empty theater which is a fucking insult uh but i might mention that movie a little bit later on so anyway so not not for neither of us not really um, an exciting uh a theater experience i mean we're yeah, certainly not no. getting the lines around the you know around the building for episode one or anything no we i mean we had a little bit of clapping when the lucasfilm logo came up yep. and then some clapping at the end of the movie and that was about it i mean and that's 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 kind of tame for for star wars in my opinion right right yeah uh might speak to the quality of the movie too or, or no, no. <laughs> <laughs> well like i i, I awkward claps with yeah <laughs> no, i definitely feel, i mean i'm speaking for myself personally but maybe other people feel this way too uh my expectations were low going in sure and sure. I, I i wonder if that was you know like a common thing yeah i think it might have been um I, I guess I want to put in that at the time I, I, it was taking up a lot of headspace for me. Like, okay, what is this movie going to do? Like, like it was actually, it's been bugging me. The closer we've gotten to the date, the more it's been bugging me. Okay. How are they going to explain this? How are they going to explain this? What are they going to do with this? And I really wanted to know. And so I'll, I'll admit that like finally sitting down and getting ready to watch it. Like I just felt this wash of relief and suddenly I had tons of mental bandwidth because it's like, okay, well, whatever this movie is, at least I don't have to wonder anymore. You yeah. Know? And so that, that certainly felt good. Uh, opening that up, I want to, I want to open up with a comment here on it. And that is, is that, you know, one of the reasons that I think it was taking up so much bandwidth in my head is because the trailers, as we talked about in previous episodes of the show, basically told us nothing. You know, we knew Palpatine was going to be in it, but we you really had, in my opinion, no idea what the fuck the plot was going to be of this thing and what right. was going to go on. And amazingly, to speak even more to that, I don't know if you noticed this, Rob, but I felt like 90% of what we saw in the trailer 
was in the first 10 minutes of the movie. I yeah. mean, like all the cool scenes, you know, uh, uh, um, and, and again, here we go. Spoilers, folks. You know, the uh, Star Destroyer coming up from the water right. was, was like right at the beginning. Uh, right. You know, and, right. and, and Kylo Ren right. doing uh, the body check on the guy, the whole thing. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, even even that uh, the, the, the I think one of the very last trailers they released where they show uh, Kylo uh, going to Exegol for the first time and, you know, meeting the emperor and ah, hear his okay. voice, you know. Right. saying that he's been every voice he's ever heard in his head. I mean, that was, yeah, that was like the first 10, 15 minutes of the movie. Yeah, uh, that was not a good sign to me that I was like, oh, wow. Um, so, you, you know, because that, that feels like you're just trying to have a lot of flash at the opening of the film. But anyway, this is going to be a very interesting conversation because there's so many places. This 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 movie is so fast paced. There's so much going on. Like I said, at the top, it is a whole lot of movie inside of two hours and 20 minutes. I mean, we have so many directions that we want to go. So just, you know, run with us folks, because as much as a roller coaster as this movie was, I'm sure this conversation is going to be, um, as well. Uh, I mean, I guess to get some structure in, let's just say it, uh, or let me ask it to you, Rob, did you like this movie? Uh, it was entertaining. Yeah. It's entertaining. I mean, okay. Yeah. It was entertaining. I, I don't, uh, did I think it was great? No. Uh, it was certainly the best movie in the sequel trilogy, in my opinion. Now that... And, go ahead. And take that for what you will. You know. Yeah, I think that's a bold statement. Um, I mean, I, I... So, same. I liked it. Uh, I, I don't hate it at all. Um, and I definitely think it's better than Last Jedi. I'm not sure if I'm ready to put it above Force Awakens. But I could hear that. Uh, there was certainly this is a movie that had a lot of very interesting ideas, many of which many of which we'll explore in, in this in this episode. Um, but yeah, I mean, can you tell me more? Like, like what makes it top Force Awakens or even Last Jedi for you? Um. Well, I mean, I think there's a lot of things going on in this movie that I really, honestly think should have happened earlier in the sequel trilogy. Oh, you know, uh, well, I'll tell you, yeah, if, if, sorry, if I can butt in quick, this is a movie now, like we said, it, it was fast paced. It feels like two or three movies in one film. Right. Like it it right. really, really does. And I think that actually if, yeah, if half of this movie could have been episode eight and it feels like it should have been, the, this would have been, I think I would have a much better opinion of both, right. of, you know, both films at that point. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I want to give a little sympathy for the devil, the devil being J.J. Abrams, and say I recognize how hard of a task he had going into this. Um, he had to answer a lot of questions, and he really did have to put at least two movies into one film, and that's a, that's a fucking challenge. Uh, but right. please continue on but with, I mean, with that there, point. There is stuff that he, there is ground he could have even covered in The Force Awakens, you know, and so far as like yeah. and the, the Knights of Ren, which we got more of in this movie, but we still don't really even know very much about them. But seeing yeah. them basically run around the galaxy with with Kylo Ren and kicking ass, I felt like that should have been in the first movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, did you did you uh, did you read Rise of Kylo Ren? Did you read issue one of that? Yes, I did. Okay, uh, all right. And and there's some stuff in there that I'm not happy with. Wow. Oh, we're going to yeah. have to talk about that. Um, I mean, I don't... it's really just mainly one thing. Let, that, lay it out because I want to talk a little bit about this because it gets into Knights of Ren. Go ahead. So I, 
you know, before I went and watched Rise of Skywalker, I I rewatched uh, episode uh, seven and eight. I did the same thing. Yep. And I also about within the same time period also read uh, the the Kylo Ren comic, and uh, when Ray and Kylo are doing the whole Force time thing, yeah, where they're talking to each other, you know, uh, and he's talking about uh, what happened between him and Luke. The first thing he says is, did he tell you what really happened? That night, I burned down the Jedi Temple. Yeah. And, of course, then we find out the comic, he wasn't the one who did that at all. He wasn't the one that burned it down? Yeah, no, there was it was it was some sort of lightning that kind came down and hit the temple. And that oh, was, yeah. And you get the impression that it was Snoke who did that. Right, right, and right. And it was like, uh, okay, like... And this is kind of like, I mean, and sure you can say, well, Kylo Ren's a liar, but this is the problem with when you do stuff like this and you can't trust anything that, you know, the, the villain characters say, then it all becomes, you know, meaningless. Yeah. And this is classic J.J. Abrams where he's always bait and switch. And I mean, you can't believe but it. Or that, but, but that wasn't even J.J.'s fault. That's that's mm-hmm. whoever wrote this comic book. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought what was really interesting, and I'm sure we're going to get an answer to this at some point, of course, was that the Knights of Ren existed before there was a Kylo Ren. You know, right. before like before Ben Solo goes evil, there have been the Knights of Ren. In fact, something that, of course, no one can see this on the video because we don't put the video out there, um, something that I will be pulling some material from as we talk about Rise of Skywalker is I do have the visual dictionary here. Uh, and about an hour before we were recording this, I've only had it for about an hour. I got it on release day. Okay, folks. Um, but I've only looked through a little bit of it, but when reading about the Knights of Ren, they basically say that they've been around for centuries. So yeah, the Knights of Ren existed before there was a Kylo Ren and it's something, it's a group that Snoke effectively promised to, to, to Ben Solo if he would join him at some point. So that's, that's. A little bit of foreshadowing of what's coming up, I'm guessing, in that comic book. Uh, but yeah, I mean, ultimately, we really get no answers as to who the fuck the Knights of Ren are. Yeah. Um, and you know, nor, which is nor, one of the big mysteries. Go ahead. Nor do we get an answer to who Snoke really was. I mean, this movie implies that he was a clone, but a clone of who? Like, who was the original Snoke? Right. Right. Uh, I mean, you see a bunch of them in a vat, you right. know, like, like, I mean, and... Yeah, you know, and it's interesting. So, so a, a point I want to bring up quick is the book, the novelization of Rise of Skywalker is coming out in March. Um, I I get this. So the the novelization for the Last Jedi, I have been on record as saying it's actually it's a great Star Wars novel. It's a great not. I'm not just saying that. I mean, it's a genuinely great Star Wars novel. Um, and I think as to where I don't feel that way about the Last Jedi, the movie. And I think the novel for this movie is actually going to be far better than the movie is. And we already know it's going to be an expanded edition, which they've been doing since The Last Jedi for novelizations of of these movies. Um, But now in the expanded edition novelization of The Last Jedi, there is more background of who Snoke is, and he's been around for a while. So, like, okay, the Emperor can say that, or, you know, Palpatine can say that he made him, but even when? Like, he he must have made him, I mean, unless they're just... 
again, they're making all this shit up as they go. Like this yeah. is, you know, I, I'm a pantser, right? You, as a writer, you can either be a planner or a pantser, maybe somewhere in between, but you know, either you plan it all out ahead of time in a big outline or you paint, you're a pantser is, and you're flying by the seat of your pants and you write it as you go. I am a pantser, but I certainly have far more forethought than, than whatever the fuck these, these guys, you know, Disney was doing here with the, with yeah, well, I mean, trilogy. I, but, I, I think in my opinion, George was both. Because right. he wrote, you know, treatments for the entire saga, like way back, like even so, so I think going back to like 68 or something. Yeah. Yeah. When he started writing all this stuff out, but then he would change it as he went along. So yeah. he kind of did a bit of both. Yeah. You but, can, yeah. I mean, you can be in between, but go ahead. Yeah. Right. Right. And, 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 um, you know, we were talking about this earlier and, and I really feel like that this is. This is where I really feel George's absence in the sequel trilogy is, is that uh, say what you will about his dialogue. George, when it came to story structure, did a phenomenal job with yeah. all of the movies, including the prequels. Yes. Whereas the structure of these movies is just a hot mess. Yeah. Yeah. The movie is ent entirely, but certainly, uh, but I mean, I'll definitely say like episode nine particularly is feels so scatterbrained yeah you get no chance to breathe i mean it it is a in and it is a compilation of moments it's not a movie it's right. a compilation of moments that occur after each other some right. of these moments are awesome some of the things happening in these moments are amazing but because there's no narrative hole uh W H O L E. Yeah. It feels like a fucking mess, you know, and, and it, and it has no, the timing's horrible. Like, it, I mean, there's no chance to breathe. Go ahead. It basically reminds me of, you know, stories that you would come up with when you were a kid and you were playing with the toys. Right. And I almost feel that JJ <laughs> maybe took a couple of, you know, five-year-olds and locked them in a room with a two-way mirror with a bunch of star Wars toys and just said to whoever's watching, just write down whatever they say. <laughs> and we're going to put that in the movie. Well, and I'm not saying and I'm not saying that to disparage it because they came up with some cool ideas, but it is. It's just so all over the place and it's just a mess. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what that says about Ryan Johnson, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I can imagine a couple of five-year-olds doing better writing than, well, oh boy. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I hear that. I mean, when I was watching this, and I and I said this to you earlier off air, the, the movie that instantly came to mind for me was Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Yes. And... Because that is that I mean it's almost the perfect uh, uh, analogy allegory or, or I, I, I don't know comparison because that is a movie that is coming hot off of the heels which the first Mortal Kombat movie was awesome it was phenomenal and, and again yeah. another very narratively tight well structured movie yes yeah yeah exactly um, and Annihilation. In fact, it's funny. I, I just learned this recently, and and I agree with this. And I mean, there, there's kind of an odd, uh, uh, there's an irony here, and that is the guy that actually commissioned um, both Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat Annihilation. He was kind of an underling for James Cameron with Terminator Two, um, 
he saw the game Mortal Kombat and he says, this is the greatest thing. He says, this is Star Wars meets Enter the Dragon. And when I heard that, I was like, well, you know, that's spot on. Like, that's exactly what Mortal Kombat is. It's Star Wars meets Under the Dragon. But anyway, you know, they had the wild success of the first Mortal Kombat movie. And then they had the, the sequel, which got really rushed into production and everything, which I feel very much happened with Episode Nine as well. Yeah. I mean, we know that they were editing, editing it as they were filming the scenes. And right. you can feel that like a, like a jackhammer. When well, you actually I, go and see this movie, I even read that they were editing it up to the last minute when they were just before they were printing the film. I, I don't doubt it. I so, don't doubt it. I mean, it. It, yeah. they were they were still in the editing room uh, as short as just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I don't doubt it. And 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 now, Annihilate, Mortal Kombat Annihilation had had very similar troubles uh, in in production. But that was a movie where again you have moment after moment, and there was a lot of little cool shit. The CGI was terrible, but there's a lot of little cool things that happen, and they make sure that this character gets in and that we get this in there. Because yeah. if you're a fan of Nightwolf or of Rain, I mean, I couldn't believe it. they even had Rain in that movie. You know, we're gonna make sure that they're there. And and it, yeah, it's just it's the perfect uh, perfect allegory or analogy and for for for. Uh, Rise of Skywalker. Go ahead. And there was there was more stuff in this movie that they didn't even get in because I was following all the basically the leaks about the right. story uh, um, and and all the stuff that was coming out, like turned out to be like, I would say, 90 percent accurate. But yeah. there was some stuff that they leaked out that came out there that either wasn't in the film or was just kind of barely hinted at. I'm mainly I'm thinking of is, is there was a storyline between uh, uh, Lando, Finn, and what is her name, Jana, the 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 new character in this movie, the former stormtrooper. Oh, the other first, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah there were there was some sort of storyline where there it was going to be implied that Lando was uh, the parent of either one or the other or both. Yeah, I heard the same. Yeah, uh, and you kind of wondered if you were going to get that at the end. Like, I, I right. still think that's out in the air or out in the open because they have a moment at the end of the movie. Exactly. Uh, and that basically where they he's going to help her find her home. Right. Um, so, from yeah, what I, I heard, there was there was like there was these scenes where basically Lando was talking about his children who were taken from him or were lost. And right. Finn's hears this and kind of was like, oh, well, I was stolen as a child and I don't know who my real parents are. Uh... And he kind of latches on to Lando. That I mean, yeah, and you can see shades of that because there's a little bit of hero worship in the moments that you get where, yeah. like Finn says, "I know everything about you, General." Uh, you know, General Calrissian, and yeah, okay, that's interesting. You know, I mean, this is. Let me ask you this because I don't see any reason why not make this a three-hour fucking movie. You know, uh, like because something that would have really helped this film out is if, with all these moments, if they just breathed a little, if they just took a second. But you're just you're just getting hit, 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 like like you know moment after moment, and some stuff just like drops randomly out of nowhere, like that fucking snake. I I don't I didn't say Snoke, I said snake. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm like out of nowhere. These these things like show up. Uh, you know if they could have just like put in thirty seconds at the end of each goddamn scene where you could watch somebody breathe for a minute. I mean I felt like I was watching Star Trek Discovery. You know uh, you know is that kind of like clusterfuck where yeah. You know, everybody's running, everybody's slack jaw dropped, you know, and like, whoa, what the fuck is that? I have to look like a, something emotionally tragic is happening. And, right. And it was... Yeah, I definitely felt that there were some some moments in the, the, the film that were supposed to be emotionally impactful, but they felt somewhat kind of unearned, very much like in Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. 
Uh, a lot of it had to do with Leia. Yeah. Oh, all right. Let's um, let's talk about this. <laughs> so, I mean, if if people aren't getting the picture already, this is this is a very flawed movie. Even though we overall liked it, I mean, there's just a lot of flaws in this. Yeah. No. I and and I'll reiterate for both of us, we didn't hate this movie. No. 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 I didn't hate it. Uh, I mean, it has Babu Frick in it for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Might have been the best thing in the film. <laughs> I love that guy, <laughs> but, uh, um, but yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, um, let's, let, let's and, keep rolling. And, and I, and I admit, you know, like they were between a rock and a hard place when it came to Leia. Yeah. 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 Uh, what do you do with this? I mean, I right. still stand by after seeing what was in, what was put into the movie. Um, I, I still think they should have recast her. I, I, yeah. I, I feel like, Personally, and and you can tell me. I, I want to hear you know your your thoughts on it as well, Rob. I mean, I thought that what they jammed in was very. It it felt disconnected. Mm-hmm. Um, like the lines did not feel. It was out of place. It was very out of place. Yeah, yeah it, it just you knew it wasn't working. You knew it was going on. I appreciate what they were trying to do, but now I feel like you actually you did more harm to both Princess Leia's legacy and Carrie Fisher's legacy than you did dad, than yeah. you did, uh, than, than you did good uh, and, by and, it. Go and ahead. in a way they sort of did recast her because all those, those shots were there from behind her is yeah. obviously somebody else. In right. fact, I would I'd go as far as to say that they, they, they probably got a body double and just, you know, CGI Carrie Fisher's face onto that actor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, there's a problem there too, right? I mean, the fact that they were CGIing Carrie Fisher and they break it down and they said they weren't going to do that. I mean, they explicitly said that there was going to be no CGI Carrie Fisher. And even if, even if all of those, uh, shots of, of Leia and through, you know, 90% of the film were just composited in, which Mm -hmm. they could be, but at the very least, there's that flashback scene near the end of the movie where unequivocally that is a CGI Carrie Fisher, a younger Carrie Fisher. Yeah, yeah. As well as, of course, Force Ghost, uh, Leia. Yeah. Um, right. I mean, that that was. But, I mean, you know, credit where it's due, um, the flashback sequence with her and Luke, with Leia and Luke training, like that That looked amazing. It um, did. They, that looked like a very young Mark Hamill right. and, and a very young Carrie Fisher. I was, I was absolutely that that's, I mean, granted they had helmets on, but that is the best de-aging or whatever that I've seen probably in any movie so far. Right. Uh, well, it, that was really it, impressive. It, like you said, it probably helps that they were wearing, wearing helmets. It probably also helped that the scene wasn't very long. Yeah. Uh, as much as like, when I saw that scene, I was like, yes, more of this, please. But right. At the same time, of kind of like, if we did see more of it, we'd probably end up start picking it, picking it apart, and they would start really drifting into that uncanny valley area. Yeah, yeah. Again, I think the helmets helped out a lot too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I was, you know, and and I was under the impression that I thought they weren't going to kill the character in this movie, um, but they did. Yeah. Leia's yeah, I dead. Was, I wasn't under that impression. I. I now, how do you feel about how they handled it to death? Because, I mean, 
here's another thing where it, they kind of muddy the waters of that. Like you have almost two death scenes in this movie mm-hmm. for Leia. Mm-hmm. One where you know uh, where you know Kylo Ren and Rey are fighting, and she you know kind of collapses during this right. scene, and right. they both feel her death. But at the end of the movie, uh, uh, when when you know Kylo Ren dies and you know kind of disappears like a Force ghost would, she does too at the same time. Yeah. So it was that was kind of weird to me. Yeah, I. Maybe they think they did some kind of a funeral on screen in this case. Uh, I did not feel that. Um, yeah. I think that that's still very weird that we don't get any like real on-screen veneration for any of these characters whatsoever. Um, in fact, I mean, I get it. You're in the middle of a war, but I don't know. There's, there's still there should have been more talk around Luke Skywalker being dead. And what that means for the universe that wasn't really there. Of course, we did get a great moment in the book. We talked about this in the last episode in the book Resistance Reborn, where Wedge deals with the death of Luke, which is probably the most heartfelt uh, response to any death of a major Star Wars character that uh, uh, that I've experienced. Anyway, and he, does, I, and he does appear in this movie for did was it even a half second? Like, yeah, well, like. <laughs> It was two half seconds because there was there was a scene where you see him during the the battle and then you see him at the very end. Yeah. The celebration. I mean, it was great. Like when I saw him, I said it out loud. It's like, oh, Wedge. You yeah. Know? And but it, it would have been all right if uh, I mean, I hope they gave him like 40 million dollars to be in it for that long. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> like give it all to Mr. Lawson. That's fine. I don't care. Uh, but uh, that, that was kind of like it was there. But then it's like you know, come on, couldn't you have done a little more? Like, pop yeah. him in an X-Wing? What, he couldn't act it? Give me a break. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, the death of Leia in this, I, I thought, was also handled uh, poorly. Um, just like the death for every single character in the sequel trilogy has been horrible, uh, in, in my opinion. Um, like, I didn't think they handled Han Solo's death. Didn't, didn't really, I mean, it, it worked. It got the emotional punch, but then we never got the funeral. Right. And there was a snub with Chewie and the death of Luke, of course, has its own problems. I, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it just all seems very unceremonious that these greatest characters in cinematic history, arguably, just, you know, are just kind of gone. You know, yeah. they're, they're here one moment, gone the other. And I, I don't dig that. But, um, yeah, I mean, what, what other thoughts do you have on on uh, on General Organa in this movie? Well, I mean, I actually want to speak to what you just said there. Oh, please, I mean, yeah. Really, I mean, I almost kind of would have preferred a sequel trilogy if, they, if rather than go the route they did, I would have preferred them to have a whole new generation and be it in a time period where all these characters were already dead rather than to get the treatment that they did in these movies. Yeah, like a Star Wars Legacy, uh, yeah, like which was a great comic series. Um, it went a good long while for a Dark Horse comic series at that. Uh, that would have been great. I, yeah, I agree with you. I, I, w- I would have liked that a lot. Uh, and I think we might get into that even more as as we get you know close out the conversation on this, which we got lots more to talk about, folks. Don't worry. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you because... Can you? That's a great question. Because can who could even write that? Who could even do that justice? And who could do it right? You know, like I can't even imagine Luke Skywalker dying, which is probably why I had such a problem with it in the Last Jedi. Um, but yeah, well, I mean, what else you got on that? I mean, 
and, and I've said this many times before, but yeah, you know, I think George could have done it. But well, if anyone could, sure, yeah, 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 and and I still want to see his version of the sequel trilogy someday in one form or another. I mean, I I hope I really hope the guy starts getting chatty, and you know before he passes. Yeah, and just yeah. spills the beans on everything. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's a majority stakeholder in Disney. Uh, I forget who the other guy is that that owns maybe owns more, but you know, he's he's effectively Bob Iger's boss. So yeah, George, go ahead and fucking open your mouth, you know, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. and tell tell us how it is. You know, again, I, I know you kind of said this earlier. I mean, watching this movie and thinking about the sequel trilogy in its entirety, I mean, it it goes to show, like, people that made fun of George Lucas's filmmaking for so long, not that they didn't have some valid points, but uh, George Lucas is a, is a through-and-through fucking filmmaker. Yeah. And a filmmaker of a caliber that is clearly a lost art today. Um, that I, I don't know that anybody matches now, because, wow, again, this movie just felt very disjointed. You know, mm-hmm. it really did. Um, I mean, I can't believe, you know, I was drawing comparison. Actually, you know, Ellen said this. She, she like, or I was, I said, it's like, you know, there's movies that this reminds me of. And she says, what, Battlefield Earth? And I was like, oh, fuck, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> like, no Star Wars movie should make me think of Battlefield Earth. Uh, you know, the movie, the book is great. Um, yeah, oh, it's 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 such a. Such a fucking mess. All right, all right. I know we got to talk about more. Um, all right, so we, we talked about Leia. Um, you know, let's talk about this, just to get some structure in, and then we can get into maybe some other finer points and everything. Because again, there's so much to say about this movie. Um, and anything you want to butt in with, Rob, you go right ahead. <laughs> again, <laughs> this is definitely a movie we got to see a few times, right? I mean, because yeah, again, it's a whole lot of movie. You got to take it in more than once. Uh, you know, all right, real quick. So you mentioned how you watched Last Jedi and Force Awakens uh, recently, again, you know, prepping for this film, prepping for yes. episode nine. Yeah, I did the same thing. I found myself when, now I don't I don't really care for The Last Jedi, and this movie doesn't, Rise of Skywalker doesn't make Last Jedi any better, okay? Yeah. Like, and I was hopeful that it would, but it doesn't. Um, watching Last Jedi and not going into it with the expectation of finding out who the fuck Snoke is, who is Ray, etc. Uh I actually I like the movie more than I than I originally did. Um, you know, now that yeah. I've had like a year to kind of process it and just let I, it be, I, I, I liked it a lot more than I did initially. Uh, I, I will agree with that. I'm not as harsh on it as mm-hmm. I was previously in my, you know, reviewing. Yeah. Uh but then again at the same time I'm a little bit more harsh on the force awakens. Sure. Yeah. I mean, do, do you want to, do you want to talk more on that? Well, I mean, it's just, I did the, what's already been said about it. I mean, that it's basically a retread of new hope sure. um, that that still holds true. And, and that there's, there's what, we, what we'd call this in the gaming world. There's just not a whole lot of replay value in this movie. Yeah, yeah, it's not one that I can watch over and over again either. Yeah, I mean, it, mm-hmm. and it, it doesn't it it doesn't really hold up. It, you know, it's where interestingly, like I I've re- I've rewatched Rogue One already at the level of countless times. Yeah, um, I mean, I really have. I've watched Rogue One over and over and over again. That 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 is such a good film. Uh, Solo, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, <laughs> 
Although Solo, to its credit, I think had a much better narrative structure than Rise of Skywalker did. Um, yeah, at least it was it was cohesive. It had you know like it it, it knew what it was trying to do. Yeah, and it had moments where characters took a breather. Hell, they even took a shower. Uh, it was <laughs> it was pretty, you know. In that sense, it was better. I I don't know that I'm I would ever rank Solo better than Rise of Skywalker, but you know, I, I I'll, again I'll give credit where it's due. Um, all right, but let, you know, let's talk about the soundtrack here. Let's talk about John Williams' work. Speaking of retread, I felt like this was, and, and not that it's a problem because we're talking about some of the greatest cinematic themes theme songs, theme music, uh, in history. Um, I felt like, I mean, there are a lot of notes that were almost completely reused from empire return of the Jedi. I mean, whole like sequences. And how did you feel about the sound or the scoring, the soundtrack? Uh, I think it was very intentionally a trip to nostalgia town. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and Ray's theme didn't appear much, did it? I didn't. I didn't think the I only did. the only place I noticed it was at the very last scene. Right, right. Which is a good theme. Like it grew on me over the years. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I do like it. So it's not. Like, I mean, and they did use like Kylo Ren's theme or the First Order theme that that got plenty of use at the very opening of the film. Um, so I mean, you know, serviceable soundtrack. Is that what you would say? I mean, this isn't one of John yeah, Williams' was- best. It was serviceable. I mean, it's it, definitely not John Williams' best, um, but you know, um, he's he like his work in recent years hasn't been. He hasn't really been at the top of his game for a while now. So sure, here again, my expectations weren't really high. It it did the job it was supposed to. Yeah, um, it didn't it didn't add anything from it. It didn't take anything away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess I. I I suppose with how the film turned out, I can't imagine anyone else scoring it. I mean, I right. love Giacchino's score for uh, um, for Rogue One. Um, I mean, I appreciate other, you know, I mean, Kevin Kiner's work over the years in Star Wars has been nothing less than phenomenal. Uh, but I, I guess for what they were doing, yeah, I mean, you kind of had to have John Williams involved, um, you know, to, to make it happen. So it worked. It was, it was serviceable. I don't see myself turning this on that often and listening to it, but which is rare for star Wars soundtracks, but there it is. Um, I mean, directing, I don't know. I don't even know what you could say about directing in this, you know, the, the, the actors are strong and I think they carried any potentially good thing out of any of the moments. Um, I think that was all on the actors. I cannot imagine that had anything to do with the direction. Uh, I, I don't know. I, and I felt like the actors were having to respond to things much in the way of like Batman and Robin, where like Uma Thurman famously says in that when she was, when they were making that movie is Joel Schumacher would constantly yell out saying, remember, we're making a kid's commercial, you know? And, and, and a part of me kind of felt like I wondered if JJ Abrams was doing something the same. I don't know what to say about directing in this. I didn't think like there was anything special being done, like Irvin Kirshner delivered, you know, or anything along those lines. Um, Ryan Johnson, as much as I may not like the last Jedi certainly delivered his stamp. I, I can recognize that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Anything to say on the directing in this movie? I mean, uh, I mean, there was a couple, the, 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 the visuals Mm -hmm. are, are, some of it was pretty good. Uh, I really liked the, the stuff on, on Exegol. Uh, I thought those, those visually were really well done. Um, 
the 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 force time scene where uh, Ray and Kylo Ren kind of do a uh, a lightsaber battle while one's on the planet and the other one's on the the star destroyer. I thought that was kind of interesting visually, mm-hmm. where they were kind of like you know mixing and blending the two locations together. But other yeah. than that, yeah, there was there wasn't there's not much really to say about in terms of directing or the or the the, the visual style of this movie. Sure, sure. I mean, uh, visually stunning, no doubt about that. Like cinematography yeah. is on point. I mean, I, you know, no argument there. Um, it's in that respect, just raw visuals. It's a gorgeous, flawless film uh, in, as far as visuals go. Uh, yeah, I mean, the acting. All I don't think anybody delivered a weak performance. I thought it how was did, all there. Go ahead. How did? How, well, how did you feel about uh, uh, Palpatine? Um. Well, I mean, admittedly, Ian McDermott, who reprised his classic role, uh, there was points where he sounded weird. Yeah, I mean, tell me if you feel differently, but I, there were times I just kind of felt like he was dialing it in. Yeah, no, I'll, actually, I'll agree with that. I'll, I'll agree with that, thinking about it. Um, like, if, when he, when we first get him in the opening of the film, and, th- and that's kind of where I want to go next, but, yeah, it, 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 I don't know. There, there was something... Yeah, I didn't think it was that evil. Part of that, though, I think might be because, you know, he had the white over his eyes. Like, he didn't have eyes, effectively, through most of the film until the end. As soon as his eyes filled in at the end, for, in my opinion, completely inexplicable reasons that just kind of happened and we're supposed to know what the fuck it meant. But, uh, you know, as soon as those came in, then I felt like, oh, there's Palpatine, you know, and and, and he starts really getting into it. yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'll actually I'll agree with that. There was something missing there. There was something that 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 felt just a little off. Um, that yeah. he didn't seem as sinister or powerful. Yeah, right. Okay, so something well, off there. Go I ahead. mean, I mean, well, in some ways, he seems way more powerful than he ever has before. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get to the end of the movie, and it's like they they dialed him up to eleven. Oh, the end end. Yeah. 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 But like I said, that really, once he gets his eyes, then it's like, oh, okay. You know, we're right. on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and of course we talked about, you know, that Carrie Fisher, I mean, it's no knock on the great, the genuinely great Carrie Fisher. Yeah. Uh, I mean, how it got put into this was a little rough, but go ahead. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not like they, they, they could, you know, uh, force a performance out of used footage, you know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I still think. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. I still think they should have put in somebody else. They 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 should have put in uh, had another actress come in. I and we or I recommended Kate Mulgrew. Uh, I know others have as well. I thought she would have been phenomenal. But what are you going to do? You know. Yeah. Yeah. I. How about well, how about Billy D. Williams' performance? What did you think there? Um, it was okay. I mean, I do think. There was a little bit too much sort of, and this this is more of sort of, I guess, the people around him, but there was a little too much reverence in hero worship yeah. going on with his character. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the, the way he shows up, like, you know, at the resistance base, just kind of, you know, randomly seemed a little odd to me. Um, yeah. But other yeah. than that, I really don't have much to say about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought it it worked. Um, I agree with you. How he gets to the rebel base is a little weird. Him being at like a festival, 
I know some people had a problem with that. I thought that was fine. I was like, yeah, yeah no, okay. He'd yeah, be there. And it was kind of cool that he was kind of like, you know, in disguise, kind of like the way he did in, in Return of the Jedi. So that's definitely yeah. character for him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, agreed on that. Um, uh, yeah, all right. Well, there we go. I mean, Oscar Isaac, I thought was fine. Uh, wh- what's her name there? Um, Felicity. I can't, oh, can't think of her right. name. Uh, Carrie Russell. <laughs> Carrie Russell. Yeah. Zori Bliss. Yeah. Um, I actually, I really enjoyed the scenes between her and Poe. I thought that was actually some of the strongest acting in the movie. Oh, the ending actually the end. I, that was a laugh out loud moment. Oh yeah. And yeah. When Oscar Isaac does the little, you know, well, Hey, you know, he's kind of like winking, you know, you want to go off to the corner somewhere. And, <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and she's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, I thought that was, I was like, Oh, that's fucking hilarious. That was, that was but great. No, I, I, I really liked the scene that they, they did on uh, uh, Kijimi, you know, where, where uh, they're getting, you know, CP3, C3PO's memory hacked. Right. And uh, uh, her and I, Oscar Isaac kind of have a, a scene while they're lo- looking over the city. I really enjoyed that scene. I thought that there was a good character building moment. Yeah. Yeah. One that we should have had two movies previous. But yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, well, here again, that's another one of those things. That you, we, we could have had this a lot of the stuff that was in this movie, you know, two or three movies ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Naomi Aki. Uh, she's the one who played the um, uh, the other First Order X First Order Stormtrooper uh, right. Jana there. Um, I thought she was fine. I thought when she came on, I mean, it was quick, kind of mixed in too quickly with Finn, but what she was delivering, she delivered. I, I, we I talked about, good. yeah, we talked about this already, you know, how there were, there were storylines left out of this movie and you definitely get a sense that there was more going on with this character that they yeah. just never addressed. Yeah. Yeah, which I mean, I'll you know, look, I'll take out of all of this, and and let me, I'll, I'll say this here in case I forget to say it later, uh, but we'll get to some other actors here quick. This movie is, I, I think you can make so many comic books, so many books, so many video games, even out of so much of like just kind of the groundwork that gets laid in this movie. Now it's supposed to be the end of the saga. You're not supposed to be laying out groundwork here, folks, but right. it, it's what they did anyway. And I'm excited for all that. Cause like I said, this movie has a thousand great ideas in it and things that I just, I'm dying to know more about. Uh, and I'll gladly take a novel or a comic book about, uh, you know, Jana's or about the character of Jana, Naomi Aki's, uh, 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 character, uh, you know, her and the adventures of Lando fine, please. Like I, I'm, I'm totally on board with that. So I expect to get a lot out of this movie from extraneous materials, quite frankly. Right. So I mean, any thoughts on that, Rob? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, and, um, they do interest, you know, insert a, a bunch of like new little side characters. Like we were talking about this before. I remember the, the, this, this slug like creature Claude who just kind of like shows up on the Falcon and you don't <laughs> yeah. know where he comes from, what he's doing there. And even like, even at the end of the movie, some, like somebody comes up and hugs him and yeah. you're like, okay, like, yeah. what is this all about? And he was on, he was like, he was in that, that promo artwork that was supposed to be on the can of Chef Boyardee, right? I mean, like, yeah, he was, yeah, he was <laughs> along with C-3PO holding the bowcaster, which we right. did actually see, folks, uh, even though he didn't use it. He didn't but, use it, yeah, which was kind of disappointing. I was hoping we'd get to see him use it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, there's lots of those, there, there's a lot, just little things in this movie that, again, I don't know why they, just go three hours. 
Yeah. In fact, I'm totally supportive of them. Do do a whole Peter Jackson thing and come out with a five hour version of the film on Blu-ray. I am there for that. Uh, because clearly there's enough in this movie to do that. You know, right. I mean, there's enough story there for sure. Um, but anyway, uh, I guess we can kind of, I mean, l- l- we can continue down the list uh, of, of some of what got ended up, uh, you know, adding in Richard E. Grant, of course, is uh, Allegiant General Pride. Um, I mean, it's a little late to bring in a character that, that has clearly such uh cachet with mm-hmm. the emperor, mm-hmm. but I mean, he worked, you know, his acting was fine. I don't yeah. really have complaints there. I mean, what do you think, Rob? Yeah. I mean, here again, I, I think they should have, honestly, I would have been much happier if we had gotten this character at the beginning and we could have just completely done away with general Hux. Who, How did you think about that turn? Eh, I mean, I get it, Uh huh. but uh, it doesn't really add or take anything away from the movie, in my opinion. You know, uh, yeah. he, 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 <laughs> he, he got a very deserving death, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was basically worthy of the, the, the attention that he was, he was, you know, worth, you know, like, you know, he just turns around and shoots the guy and like, okay, that's it. That character's done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, definitely reminiscent of uh, what was the guy from Rebels there who um, who does the big turn and becomes friends with Zeb. Sideburns, you remember him? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Callus. Yeah, 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 Callus. At least he was interesting and had some personality. Yeah, at least he had a character arc. (laughs) Like, yeah, like Hux's character arc is just like, like, I'm angry. You know, all the yeah. time. And like, I've got a beef with Kylo Ren. That's like his whole thing is, is like, he's got this beef with Kylo Ren. Right. Right. Yeah. That that was kind of weird because, I mean, he really seemed far, a little more badass anyway in Force Awakens. Then he turns into the running joke uh, in, in Last Jedi. Yeah, I'm sorry. So, I think I thought he was a running joke in, in the Force Awakens, especially when he does that that speech before they blow up Hosnian Prime. That was just so over the top and ridiculous. was over the top. I yeah. like that. I immediately was just out of it with that character. I'm like, okay, this guy's a clown. Yeah. I mean, if I, you know, I think of like Richard E. Grant giving that speech and I would have been like, Oh fuck, you know, right. like that, that, yeah. that would have been awesome. That's what uh, I'm saying is we should have gotten him in force awakens and just do away with Hux entirely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of doing away with entirely Kelly Marie Tran, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Wait, was, was Rose in this movie? I'm trying to barely, remember. <laughs> barely. I, and and I don't know how to... I, I'm of two minds on this, right? Because in one sense, I didn't get the purpose of the character of Rose anyway. You know, mm-hmm. not, not so much. Um, on the other hand, I think Kelly Marie Tran is a fine actress. I think she looks like a really great person. Uh, or, you know, she seems to be a very great person. And the the beating she took online uh, was brutal after the last Jedi and you know, to, to, to whittle her character down, I think Disney should have doubled down on the character of Rose in this movie. And in fact, they did the exact opposite. And I feel like that's almost more of an insult to Kelly Marie Tran as a person. Yeah. Uh, That's my thought on it. I know. I agree with that. I mean, you know, I, (sighs) In a lot of ways, this movie kind of reads as Disney basically trying to fill a list of demands from, mm-hmm. you know, the noisiest of Star Wars fans. 
Yeah, and yeah. That's, I mean, and that's one of them, you know? Yep. No, I don't disagree. I mean, the script certainly feels like if it wasn't two five-year-olds, it was written by people on Reddit, uh, I'm guessing. But, you know, it's... Well, I mean, is, is, is there a difference? Yeah, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, anyway... <laughs> Uh, one.com is the link for the show, folks. <laughs> Come and get us Reddit. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I danced with that at one point. Anyway, um, no, I, yeah, I, I hear that. Where to go next? <laughs> well, I mean, and but but we kind of having from having read um, Resistance Reborn, we we saw this coming. Yes, because. They just kind of they gave a throwaway line in that book that like acknowledged that there was something going on between uh, 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 Rose and Finn, right. but that it didn't pan out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. <sighs> well, something else that didn't pan out. Let's let's segue again. Um, Mas Kanata. Like, is there any point to this no, character? No. I mean, at least she wasn't too busy playing Battlefront 2, like in the last movie. <laughs> at least they didn't have her on jetpack. <laughs> like, what? What? God. I mean, look, again, we don't hate this movie, but talking about the sequel trilogy as a whole, like, what the fuck happened? Like, what? How do you? I, you know what? You know what I think happened is, is that, um, Maz is trying to carry scenes that and dialogue that were probably intended for Carrie Fisher. Yeah. I uh, sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and actually even um the scene where uh Leia gives Ray Luke's lightsaber towards the beginning of the film, I think that's actually we know where that scene's from. Yeah, right? because we saw that in the trailer for the Force, Force Awakens. Awakens. Right. Yeah. And that was Maz Kanata handing Leia the Ex- the lightsaber yep exactly yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, anyway yeah this character was was clearly meant to be something else or something more and wow like nothing i mean the best thing we got out of that was or the best thing we've gotten out of her in my opinion was her appearance in force collector in the novel force right and, that we and reviewed last and month her, go ahead and her giving um um luke's medal to chewy was a nice nod to that book Yes, yeah, and a nice nod to I. I've heard people complain about the scene at the end where where she gives Chewie the medal. I thought that was I was like, you know what? Good for you. Like I, yeah. I mean, it, it, clearly, yes, it, it is JJ literally trying to solve every single problem in Star Wars, right? Uh, but I, I thought it was fine. Like it was. But funny. I mean, I got it. it. Yeah. Well, it was. It was no. I thought it was. It was. It was a nice touch because I mean, uh, of the the original crew. Chewie's pretty much the only one left. Yeah. And who should, you know, get basically their heirlooms and stuff, you know, like, yeah, give it to Chewie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I thought, I thought that was fine. And I did like the nod to force collector, which may, makes me ask the question. Let's, let's get to this. I do have thoughts on this. Um, we know, as we talked about last month, we, we uh, in the book force collector was a Kevin Shinnick. Was that the author? Mm-hmm. He said that he had to change something. Right, and Force Collector because it was too close to something that happened in Rise of Skywalker. Right. Do you have any? Do what do you think that was? Do you have any I, thoughts? I've, I've been mulling this over for all morning long because that's when I first thought about it again. 
Yeah. And I, I'm I'm at this point nowhere close to to an answer just because as we keep reiterating, this movie is so all over the place. There's yeah. so much going on. I yeah. mean, take your pick. It could have been any number of you know, dozen different things. Right. I think the, the and, and it's in the when, when when I saw this movie, there were a lot of weird times where I knew what was going to happen and I should not have known. There's no reason that I really should have known what was going to happen, which is kind of force collector in itself, but I'm not going there because I don't believe that kind of shit. But um, I thought, well, well, one example, I knew that, that Ray was going to, was going to shoot lightning at that ship. Like I actually, oh, wow. okay. I said it to, I, I said it to Ellen. It's like, it's like, it's, it'd be amazing if she shot lightning out of her hand right there and bam, she did. I mean, and yeah, that yeah. was such a random fucking thing to happen, but yeah. I, it, I, I'm still, I'm still kind of weirded out that I knew that that was going to happen. But, um, anyway, regardless, when when Ray at the very end of the movie, when she's at the Lars homestead, mm-hmm. you know, back on Tatooine, and she buries the lightsabers, I think it's something that I think it's that I think maybe the book wanted to go to Tat or maybe Shinnick was going to go to Tatooine and was going to find a lightsaber there of some kind. Okay, that that's that's I because it's too easy a thing for. Him to, I mean, it makes sense for that character in Force Collector to go to Tatooine and to go to the Lars homestead. And he already has visions of Tatooine, so he knows what it is because he had visions about the, uh, the, uh, uh, you know, the sand people, uh, the Tusken Raiders. And so I, I think, yeah, that, that's what I think. It was something there. Uh, but I mean, certainly Ray has Force visions, like there's, or, you know, like she hears voices and everything from objects she touches over and over again in that film. Yeah. Uh, so also well, a nice nod to that book. Go ahead. Here, here's an, here's another theory. Um, you know, when I was reading Force Collector and they have that scene where uh, 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 the main character is delivering a package to Maz Kanata, mm-hmm. uh, I, all, I got the, the, the feeling when I was reading that that he was delivering something other than C-3PO's arm. Ah. And maybe it was like something like Leah's lightsaber. Oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you, I love seeing Leia's lightsaber, by the yeah, way. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. That was really slick. Like, that yeah. ni- nice touch. Yeah. Um, it was yeah. It was nice just knowing that she had one and that yeah. she built her own. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, which, do if I, correct me if I'm wrong, and was the Planet of Twilight the book where she finally, like, in the old expanded universe, when she finally went, you know, did the Jedi business? And like we finally got her with a lightsaber, and I think her lightsaber was yellow. Um, in that, I, I'd have to look yeah, on that again. I don't. I, yeah, I don't recall the first time I remember seeing Leia with a lightsaber was uh, was was Dark Empire. Yes, that right. That is technically, and oh, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk about that. Well, let's because, do it. <laughs> all, right, all right. Well, well, real quick before all right, we, let's get into that because then this is something people who follow me on Twitter at Sovereign Tech. Uh, this morning, first thing I tweeted out this morning, even though I was saying it last night, uh, but first thing I tweeted out, I said, is that Disney owes Tom Veach a big, big paycheck. Uh, and we're going to get into that. But I want to talk about where the hell did Ray's lightsaber come from? Do, do you have anything on that? Any? I mean, I, the, the idea of a yellow-bladed lightsaber is not new in Star Wars. It points all the way back to the original Luke Skywalker action figure, Plo Koon, 
had a yellow lightsaber. Uh, did he have a yellow lightsaber in Clone yeah. Wars? Um, I don't recall, but you also had the character of uh, Yoon from uh, Dark Forces 2 Jedi Knight. Oh, yeah, right. He had a yellow one. Yep. yep. Um, yeah, let's see. Or maybe they, they technically call it orange. Oh, no, it looks like, he, uh, looks like maybe it was blue in Clone Wars with... with but- um, with Plo Koon. Let me yeah, see. I think I think the, the the only person that had a different color of lightsaber in their prequel was was of Mace. course uh, Mace Windu. Yeah. Uh, the thing that confuses me is we had that recent book, uh, Master and Apprentice, where they go into this whole thing about these uh, uh, basically false kyber crystals, right? And those create a yellow blade. Or oh. was it, it was either orange or yellow, but it was it was it was an orangish yellow blade. And I'm like going, well, those don't actually work like regular kyber crystals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. I wonder if they're doing something with that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, her lightsaber looked fine. It was just, it was, it kind of came out of nowhere. And yeah, well, like I mean, so many looked, things in this movie. And well, I wouldn't say it came out of nowhere. It almost did look like she she took like one of the ends of her staff. Yeah. Turned it into a lightsaber. Which I think we were all hoping for. Is that right. actually she well, would I, just turn it into a lightsaber? Her yeah, I was, I was, yeah, exactly. That's what I was hoping for. Is that she would just turn her staff into a lightsaber instead of just you know chopping off part of it and right a small one. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, the, you know, Luke and Leia's lightsabers are still out there. They're in the sands of Tatooine. Fine place for them. I'm sure somebody's going to pick them up at some point. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but that's. But that's what we've got. I mean, you know, they're they're, they're planting seeds or lightsabers in this case. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well. Anyway, that I thought that was that was kind of interesting. It looked fine. Like I was I was you know I was okay with it. Um, why don't we talk about Dark Empire? Let, yeah, like you said, let's get into this. So, Dark Empire is a comic book. It actually, ended up being a trilogy comprising Dark Empire, Dark Empire Two, and Empire's End. Uh, it started off back in what was it ninety one. 91 to 92, I think the, the whole thing ran. Um, this was around the same time the Heir to the Empire came out. Yeah. Uh, both the Thrawn trilogy and Dark Empire are considered two of, if not the best Star Wars stories ever written out of the old expanded universe. Um, and I wouldn't argue much against that. I mean, I have my yeah. favorites, but Dark Empire is certainly fucking up there. And I've I've reread the graphic novel for that so many times. Um, I mean, it, it's so epic. Uh J.J. Abrams and and who are Chris Torino or whatever the fuck his name is that did the screenplay here, um, they are Torino, Chris Torino. I think they they basically lifted Dark Empire, and, and and that's what we got in this movie. And so many of the notes are almost exactly the same, um, even to the point of because and and re and I totally recommend even though it's not canon anymore, go read Dark Empire because you're in for a great time if you've never read it. Um, the the way that that the re, the rebellion is, or in this in the movie it's the resistance, of course, but in the comic the rebellion is kind of like hiding off. You know they've really taken a beating uh, because of what happened with Thrawn um, and so on, and they are like at a very low point as far as the amount of numbers, the amount of people that are actually in the rebellion. Right. Um, which is exactly what we got the, with the resistance in Rise of Skywalker. Uh, Luke wants to go, he, he basically goes to join the Emperor because he thinks he can defeat the Dark Side by exploring it with the Emperor. Uh, the planet of Exegol, 
which is the Sith, the Sith homeworld, more or less, that we find out that we never knew about before, but now it's a thing, which is fine, um, in Rise of Skywalker, is effectively this uh, from Dark Empire. Uh, and in Dark Empire, like you find out the Emperor is still alive because he can transfer himself to clones. So very reminiscent of perhaps what he was kind of doing with Snoke. He has these wildly powerful, massive Star Destroyers, this huge fleet right. um, in this inner core world near Coruscant called Biss. I mean, yeah. it's and, almost... And, and the, go ahead. And the Star Destroyers have Death Star tech. Yeah, which is exactly what the, the right. Eclipse-class Star Destroyers had in, exactly. in Dark Empire. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it's crazy how much it is. And in fact, even the idea that the Emperor was playing with, because eventually the Emperor kind of tries to manipulate Leia into joining him right. in, in Dark Empire. And so, like, that dichotomy between, you know, is Kylo actually going to inherit what the Emperor has, or is it going to be Rey? Or, I mean, it played very much into exactly what was in Dark Empire, just with, you know, in this case, a much younger Luke and Leia. Um yeah, there, there were just a ton of things in, in this. The whole thing really felt like Dark Empire, and they just lifted it right up. And Tom Veach was the writer uh, of, of Dark Empire. It was It's it's a brilliant piece of comic book uh, writing and great Star Wars storytelling. Um, yeah, I feel like they lifted the whole thing, and, and they really they should give, at the very least, give Tom Veach a, a co-writing credit uh, at, at this stage because he came up with all this. You know, the idea of the emperor still being alive, all that, that was all him. That was not George Lucas. In fact, we, I think we're pretty sure George Lucas had Palpatine dead. Yes. No, he, he, he explicitly like E. McDermott actually explicitly asked him. So is the emperor dead at the end of the return of the Jedi? He says, yeah, he's dead for sure. Right. So Tom Beach is the guy (laughs) who gave credibility to the idea that the emperor is still alive. Right. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, and unfortunately, you know, Rise of Skywalker did not land as well, in my opinion, as Dark Empire did. You no, know, uh, overall, no. not even close, because that is talk about tight narrative. I mean, when you read it, you'll see what I mean. Um, and and it's like, I mean, it's very emotional. It it really works on a lot of levels. Uh, Rob, I mean, what, what what thoughts do you have on this? Yeah, I mean, I don't really have a problem with them, you know, lifting large portions of Dark Empire just because it was such a great comic. Um, I do think that. Like the the first Dark Empire, you know, comic series is still my favorite. I, I think it, it got a little weak at the end uh-huh. with Empire's End, which was I think it was only two, like two issues, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Empire's yeah. End was very short. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, over overall, like I, I have very fond memories of that series, so I don't have a problem with them, you know, basically lifting it whole cloth. Um, they could pick worse source material than yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but as to whether or not that story kind of fits in with the star, the Skywalker saga after the prequels, because understand dark empire was written long before we got any of the prequels before it was even those movies were even being talked about being made. Right. Right. And to me, like it kind of like bringing the empire, the emperor back uh, as much as I like Palpatine, it kind of, muddies the waters with the whole prophecy of the chosen one and Anakin's destiny. And it kind of really cheapens the, the, the sacrifice that, you know, that Anakin took at the end of the return of Jedi and the redemption that, you know, he, he was supposed to bring and did bring balance, but to the force by killing Palpatine, but he didn't really. So then, 
he didn't really bring balance to the force and therefore he kind of isn't the chosen one. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that gives credibility, I guess, to reusing that great storyline, but putting in characters where it can make sense. Um, right. I mean, because, you know, the chosen one prophecy doesn't really have to do anything with, well, but then wait, does that still create a problem? You know, because if killing off the emperor is supposed to be what the chosen one did, then he didn't really do that. He still hasn't done that. That's what I'm. Yeah, that's what you're that's, saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's that's the problem. This is that the 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 prophecy of the chosen one is is kind of moot and and pointless. And you know, they even say Luke says in this movie, yeah, there was balance for a time. But it wow. didn't last. It lasted. It did. You know, it really didn't. You know, seal the deal, as you will. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. See, now Disney has really muddied the waters, and to some degree, I haven't minded it. But they have really muddied the waters over that prophecy, uh, to the point of explicitly having authors write in their comics and in their books, in the new canon, um, that well, you know, we might be in misinterpreting this whole thing. You know, like we yeah. might have this wrong uh, in was it Dooku or Jedi Lost or, or what's the one about Count Dooku that came out originally as an audible only? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was in April. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that one talks about it. There have been others. Uh, there is and a lot of people very much complained about in Rebels in the episode Twin Sons when, you know, when when Obi-Wan kills Maul, um, that Luke gets called the chosen one in that. Yeah, Maul asks him as he's dying, is he the chosen one? And Obi-Wan says he is. Yeah, when we, George Lucas was adamant that, no, 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 Anakin Skywalker is yeah. the fucking chosen one. You but, know? you know, I mean, Obi-Wan already has problems with his interpretations of things. Uh, that Well, you know, that's, that, <laughs> they've always depend, had that. that depending that guy on from, your point of view. Yeah, that guy will come from a strange-ass point of view at any given moment. Yeah. That, that's, a good, that's a great point to bring up as well. Uh, yeah. <sighs> I mean, this speaks to something. This movie really set up, and now it's also a product of basically 7 and 8, because now we know where Ray came from. This movie basically sets up the entire so, supposedly Skywalker saga, as really it's the Palpatine saga. It's it's not about Skywalkers at all. Um and how do you, I mean how do you feel about Ray being a Palpatine? Did how did that answer sit with you? Uh it it does very much feel like they kind of just came up with that at the last minute. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, like I know they they they've See, I, I kind of question as to whether or not they actually intended people to sort of uh, speculate so much about Ray's parentage uh, from The Force Awakens. I don't think they were actually thinking about that when they made that movie. You think they didn't think that people would take it as seriously? Yeah, I really don't. Uh-huh. And I, 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 think, I think people kind of, they... they 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 took it and ran with it in a way that you know J.J. Abrams and and uh, Kasdan probably you know uh, didn't count on. Yeah, uh, this is a thing that I guess Disney and and I think there's a lot to say about this, but I'll, I'll try and be brief. Disney, I d- I don't think understands. Well, they don't understand Star Wars fans. Oh, that's no for shit. Sure. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, they, they don't. Because uh, they don't understand how we do interconnection and how we've always been looking for that. Because, and, and I think that comes from the fact that George Lucas wrote in, and we talked about this in the last episode, about, you know, the Battle of Tanab, you know, yeah. and all these other, he writes in all these little things. And so we're always wondering, well, wait, what the fuck was that? You know, right. tell us about that. Right. Yeah, and, the only the only person who does that who's left is is Dave Filoni. Right, right. And that's because he studied literally at the feet of the master. Ex- yes, exactly. And the Mandalorian folks, in case you're wondering, we're not going to get to any episodes of that uh, this month, but uh, it's still doing great, in my opinion. I, I imagine you share that, Rob. Yes. Yeah. So, um, they do, I don't think they understand how seriously like Star Wars fans take this stuff, and they deep dive on this shit. And maybe that's why they thought they could get away with, okay, well, we can have different people write these movies. It doesn't have to be a unified vision. Nobody right. really cares. Right. Um, because with Marvel and, and, and comic books in general, you know, you can just make it up as you go. Nobody cares about continuity because it's so goddamn much. You know, that's a really good point. Cause something occurred to me the other day. And I remember, mm-hmm. uh, when, uh, they were making the force awakens and there was this interview where they sat down and talked to both J.J. Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy. And basically, their talks with coming up with the story for The Force Awakens is they started out with a single question. Who is Luke Skywalker? And I'm right. thinking now at this point, is they did they ever answer that question in this entire sequel trilogy? Did Do we really know Luke Skywalker any more than we did at the end of The Return of the Jedi? Yeah, no, I I mean, he really hasn't, I mean, he had, he went a direction we didn't expect, but we don't really have much more in character development. In fact, even yeah. notice says he's still the same guy. Yeah. Well, he's I mean, like to... the, the, basically, you know, they, they, they here again, they're trying to, to clean up uh, uh, Ryan Johnson's mess in yeah. this movie where like, you know, Ray goes back to Octo and says, I'm just going to do what you did and just, you know, stay here and cut myself on the fo- from the force. And, you know, uh, not only does Luke save, uh, his lightsaber from being thrown in the fire, but he says to her, you know, I was wrong to do that. Right. Yeah. Well, that boy, that was a hell of a jab. Um, where yeah. He basically <laughs> says you should never treat a Jedi's weapon that way. Right. Uh, which I, I mean, that's the right yeah. attitude because yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, we heard Obi-Wan say in episode two, like you can't lose this. This is your life, you know? And and it's not it is something you take fucking seriously. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, it, 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 I I hear you on that. I hear you on that. Uh, yeah. So th- th- this is a great point that I don't think a lot of people are realizing is that the fans of Star Wars. I mean, it's just it's it's a very different breed, and we do get into this this interconnected uh, stuff, and we are looking for connections. Um, that, yeah, and, and I, and I didn't, but I didn't think about it from the angle that you were saying that they didn't expect that, like that, that Lawrence Kasdan and everybody else, like they didn't know that we would really want to know, um, this information and, but, but we really do. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, something that all of this brings up for me though, is that I think, and this is something else that Disney I don't think understands. And in fact, I don't think George Lucas even understood it. And so I worry that maybe even Filoni doesn't get it, but if anybody does, he does. And I don't want to insult him by any stretch of the imagination because he's the best thing going in star Wars might be the best thing going in Hollywood, quite frankly. Um, 
and that is there there are fans of star wars and you might consider yourself part of this number as well rob i certainly do where yeah we like the movies we like the original trilogy you know in fact we don't just like them we fucking love them you know we, we and if aliens came down and asked us for hey what's the best thing you guys ever did we'd probably hand that over and but what there there are fans who i think grew up with star wars outside of the films as in they grew up during the dark times right they grew up when uh the the pc games like tie fighter were huge mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um they grew up when you know dark empire like we mentioned yep. was the west, big deal west, west end, end games yep. yeah yeah the west end rpg and all this and the west end rpg this idea of everything being connected somehow that's totally west end i mean oh, yeah that, like, they started that yeah they literally yeah. like like when when um uh timothy zahn and they might have done the same with tom beach i don't know but i know they explicitly mm-hmm. did with this with with timothy zahn when like zahn was like you know i need some sort of you know source material for basically you know describing the star wars universe they handed yeah. him the west end books and all and the technical he, stuff in that and that's that's how he filled all that in yeah and he picked up the ball and ran with it because oh yeah those books are huge i mean those are genuinely massive novels that trilogy is huge uh and and he he delivered i mean zon delivered like no tomorrow um and so i think this is what like I am realizing more and more since Disney bought Star Wars that I actually love Star Wars outside of the original trilogy and outside of the prequels and outside of obviously the sequels. Like I love Star Wars that was, you know, even on a a grander scale. And the only thing video wise that I can watch that even compares to it is Clone Wars as far Mm -hmm. as the level of detail grand scale and i mean grand scale of that the star wars galaxy provides that the novels the comics the video games all provided clone wars is the only thing that gets close to that uh and 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 i'm realizing this that that my passion the reason why i give such a shit about star wars and why it's such a big deal and why other people who've watched the same movies and are just like yeah no, 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 what, what, what's the what's the whoop you know like that that was good but i, I don't get it is because I fell in love with everything on the outside. And, 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 and it wasn't until actually, and I know you shared this on Twitter too, Rob, uh, and, and a listener actually sent this in and we're going to cover it probably next month. There's that great article by the guy who created the game tie fighter. Um, and in that they were talking and he said he had heard the story that they showed George Lucas, the box art for the game tie fighter. And it said Imperial Navy and George Lucas goes, the Imperials don't have a Navy, you know, he's, right, he's, he's right. like, they don't have any, he's like, what, what the fuck is this? And I was like, Oh, wait a minute. So like the coolest thing in my opinion in star Wars, which is the Imperial Navy doesn't even exist in, in George Lucas's mind. And, and so that's my point is that like a lot of these things that star Wars fans expect, I don't even think they consciously realize that it has nothing to do with the movies at all. And that right. the diehard star Wars fans aren't even, it's not the movies like, 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 and this is what I think Disney doesn't get is that the reaction, the, the passionate reactions that they are getting based upon what they have delivered, even rebooting the old, you know, creating the new Canon and all this all comes all stems from the fact that, a lot of Star Wars fans out there, a lot of the diehards are diehards because of things beyond the movies and just trying to copy the beats of the movies 
does is not what ultimately appeals to us. Right. And it, it, be it in the video games even that EA makes or whatever, it's not there. And I think this is a really huge point that drove home for me when seeing episode nine. I mean, how do how do you feel about this, Rob? Well, I, you know, I mean, you bring it to date. One of my favorite. Uh, things that you've done. I, th- I don't remember if it was on the underground or on uh, uh, Sovereign Tech proper, but you did an episode where you basically you talked about uh, Star Wars Midrash. And that's oh, yeah. one of my favorite things that you've ever done and talked about. <laughs> and that is really, that that brings it home. It really does to kind of what we are passionate about when it comes to Star Wars. Is this yeah. is basically this Midrash. Yeah, yeah. So, like, the concept of, like, all the Jewish writings outside of the Torah. Like, it's right. not the Torah that, that keeps Jews talking. It's the fucking Midrash. It's everything. Right, it's, right. it's the Talmud all, that's outside of it. It's all that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, thank you, A. But B, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I'm hitting at. Uh, and, and again, I don't, they, they don't understand that. And so when people are telling them this is what Star Wars would be, I can imagine, and it, to give Disney a little bit of sympathy, I can imagine Disney's like, what are you talking about? We didn't see that at all in Star Wars. Yeah. Like, we, like, we right. didn't know that that's, or like, or for Lawrence Kasdan. Lawrence Kasdan says, no, why are they acting this way? They didn't act this way when Empire Strikes Back came out. Of course they didn't, because West End Games didn't come out or didn't do the business yet. Right. Well, this, you know? this is the thing, too. I mean, like, I, I mean, I was already a huge Star Wars fan as a kid before any of this stuff came out in the 90s and early 80s or late 80s. Mm. But. It was all that stuff that made me a truly hardcore Star Wars fan. And the reason why is that it, it enabled you in a very real way to inhabit the Star Wars universe. Yes. Yes. Whereas you couldn't do that as much with the movies. Yeah. Yeah. Because they are all very tightly knit. And I mean, you know, credit to George Lucas. He had a beginning, you know, he had a beginning and an ending, you know, beginning, middle and ending. He did the classic Roman tragedy, right? Uh, you know, in three parts and yeah, but, but everything outside of it is what let you be into it. And it pisses me off actually, because a lot of people, I mean, let's talk about the critical reaction to, I know you got a point you want to bring up about race parentage and and I want to get into that, but the critical reaction from, you know, critics, professional critics, which you should never listen to, but whatever they're out there. Um, the, the critical reaction has basically, has, has, it's mixed apparently on Rotten Tomatoes, but the loudest voices are very negative, including ones who are very positive towards The Last Jedi. Right. Um, and they are effectively. They're, mad, people, they're mad. They're mad about the movie being too much fan service. Right. And they're and they're saying that the fans are effectively in a, in a state of arrested development, right. meaning that like that all star Wars fans that these star Wars fans that are so diehard and passionate about it are still living in their childhoods. Um, I, I am so sick of hearing that kind of crap. It's not just with star Wars. It gets done with science fiction in general. Uh, again, these are people who don't fucking get it. They don't understand. Timothy Zahn did not write to a bunch of six year olds. Timothy Zahn wrote hardcore, uh, you know, very adult, very serious, uh, uh, novels, you know, dare I say science fiction novels more so than they were even fantasy. Um, dark empire is just that it's fucking dark. You know, I mean, I was worried Luke was going to kill Leia or or was going to go the other way. I mean, like, like this is really, really adult material. 
Okay. Everything outside of these movies is even, I mean, you know, like I said, Ellen and I, we've been rewatching Clone Wars. I mean, the amount of heads and hands that get lobbed off in the, in the, in that show is, I mean, that's gotta be a body count on, on the order of Robocop. And, you know, to say that all this stuff is for kids and arrested development is, I mean, it's insulting. No, I'm not stuck in my childhood. I just, Star Wars grew up with me and I still enjoy the grown up Star Wars and, you know, I mean, and, and this happens with all kinds of things. And so th this is this, it, the, so, while I agree with some of the critics about like where this movie is a mess, where Rise of Skywalker is a mess, um, their, their reasons for why this movie is what it is are, I think, misguided. And I think they don't understand, again, what we've been saying this whole time about Star Wars fandom, that it is very different than what even Disney understands. And sure as fuck, these critics don't understand it. Well, there's uh, another thing going on here and that. You, you know, I, I really feel like a lot of reasons the, the, the why they say that people who love Star Wars are in a state of arrested development because uh, we have something that we're passionate about and that makes us happy mm -hmm. and that people of all ages can enjoy. And we're not sitting. We're not part of the depression fest. Yeah, we're not constantly angry and outraged every five minutes by something that somebody said or did yeah. in politics or Hollywood or whatever. And because we're not pissed off and depressed all the time, then we're a bunch of babies. Yeah. Yeah. Out of touch with reality or something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We're in this, they're the ones who are actually out of touch with reality because they yeah. don't know how to live and enjoy their lives. Uh, yeah. No, no Absolutely. I, I, I totally agree. Absolutely. Um, and I, I think that actually speaks also to the interaction you had with the, uh, the writer of Battlefront. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 He doesn't get it that you can enjoy this. You know, if like you're actually, if you have like a, uh, you know, you can appreciate the bad guy in, in a fictional work, you know, when, when you actually are enjoying your own life and you have like a philosophical or ethical foundation that you're going through life with, you know, right. as compared to the mess that these people live in. So, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, this is a big thing. <laughs> and, 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 and episode nine is driving it home because I, I really, I think a lot of people, a lot of even Star Wars fans of our caliber are, are doing a real gut check right now, you know, as to like, wait, what was that? And how do I feel about Star Wars in general? I mean, you know, tell me how you feel about this statement. If the Mandalorian wasn't running right now, I mean, how would you be feeling about Star Wars? Uh, yeah, if the Mandalorian wasn't running right now and we weren't getting any more Clone Wars, I'd probably be, you know, yeah, not too into Star Wars. I mean, the... Yeah, uh, I'd say it was over. I mean, yeah, shit. Yeah, I mean, like, I'd, I'd, I'd probably be, a, you know, at the point where I am right now with, uh, uh, Star Trek and there's no Picard coming. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll, I'll share that sentiment too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it would be bad if we didn't have the Mandalorian, which is so good. Yeah. Uh, you know, and Clone Wars, which we expect nothing less. Um, and there's no reason for it to be anything less than what it was. So... Oh, all right. Quick question on that. Then I want to get into the race parentage thing. We, we want to we want to kind of keep going here. Um, do you think that one of the voices, it was very nice at the end when Ray mm -hmm. is hearing all the Jedi. Mm -hmm. We heard Hayden Christensen. Yes. Personally, I think Hayden Christensen should have showed up at the end of the movie. 
there, there. Yeah, I was, I was actually going to bring this up that this is really a, a huge lost opportunity, especially mm-hmm. since we know that uh, Palpatine was uh, basically, you know, masquerading as Darth Vader as a voice in Kylo Ren's head. Yeah. At some point, there could have been a huge opportunity for both, you know, Kylo and Hayden Christensen as Anakin Skywalker to him have a moment with Anakin to say, you know, like, hey, you know, I was headed down this path. I was done wrong. I fucked yeah. up. I think I think instead of the scene with Han Solo that we got, it yeah. should have been Anakin. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think that that would have been beautiful. Um, I mean, I would have just been happy to see him as a force ghost at the end, standing next to Luke and Leia, uh, you know, on Tatooine, because that's his home world, too. God yeah. damn it. Yeah. Uh, but that was a missed opportunity, but I think yours is even better. Um, but oh god, no, I wanted to. We got to talk about the Han Solo scene, but <laughs> we have so much. Uh, but so we, we heard Qui Gon, we heard Qui Gon Jinn, which I thought was great. Um, we, we heard all kinds of voices. Okay, do you okay. think one of those voices was Matt Lanter? No, no, oh, I wish it was. I've seen the credits, yeah. Yeah. But he, boy, he made a great appearance in uh, the Mandalorian, though. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that was good. I was like, you know, oh I my god, it's Matt Lander. I didn't even realize that until the episode was over. I'm like, holy shit, that's who that was. <laughs> oh, that was solid as a rock, yeah, man. Yeah. And then, of course, we got Filoni in uh, in, in in full. Oh, that here. was so. Yeah, I cheered god damn when it. I saw that. Yeah, it was both Filoni and Deborah Chow and one of the other directors. They yeah. were all all the X-wing pilots were Mandalorian directors. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, okay, okay, okay. All right, all right, all right, all right. We'll we'll get into depressing stuff again in a second. Let me... <laughs> <laughs> I got to get this prediction out before the episode airs because episode eight's the last episode of Mandalorian for season one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I am kind of wondering now if Bryce Dallas Howard isn't going to be Bo Katan. Uh, as much as I wouldn't mind if it was uh, Starbuck there, um, I I I, I got to wonder if they're going to have her come in as Bo because she looks yeah. like. Her. Yes, she does. Yeah, I yeah. I would have no complaints about that. No, I wouldn't mind. I mean, bring in Starbuck too. That's fine. But or I'd rather. I, I mean, I think I guess I'd rather have Starbuck because that's the voice yeah. anyway. I mean, but, I kind of uh, have. I I'm 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 uh, skeptical as to whether or not that's actually going to happen. But I would be all for it if it did. Yeah, yeah, or even if it's in the season two opener. Anyway, okay, all right. So we talked about you know the the most amazing things happening in the world right now. But let's get back to the shitty stuff. So. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Yeah, that, that would be great. Uh, boy, that was awesome stuff. Okay, so that's a shame. I would have loved it if Matt Lanter got his shot to yeah. somehow be... I mean, it, it would have been a perfect spot because you yeah. have echoey voices. And, Just have him in there. Well, and if you had seen the concept art that was in the art of uh, The Last Jedi book where they show, like, uh, an image shifting, you know, the Force ghost of yep. Anakin shifting between him and Darth Vader, and they're kind of, like, melding. I mean, that... God, that just... That, that art was so evocative. Yes. Yeah. It's just the shame it never got in any of these movies. It was just just a squandered, lost opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Uh, something I want to bring up. Now that you mentioned art books, I didn't know where I was going to be able to say this. I'll say it quick. Uh, the art of The Rise of Skywalker, the it's book got delayed. delayed into yeah. March. Yeah. I think that's very suspicious. Because uh, I've had I've had it pre-ordered for months, and it Me was too. set to come out December 20th. Yep. Uh, we did and, get and, and they they did announce that it was going to be delayed until pretty much the last minute. I yes. think it was it was like last week or the week before. Yep. 
that they announced it was going to be delayed. And I'm just like, what the F? You know, like, yeah, I I think that it speaks more to they didn't even know what this movie was really going to be about. I mean, like, yeah, like the, you know, just the level of and I think they're scared to right now show people, um, you what know, what, been, what's in there and what, what could have been. Yeah, what could have been. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think they're really afraid of that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's very suspicious. I'm glad we got to bring that up. Um, but, I mean, the Visual Dictionary book, like I said, I have it. It's right here. Uh, that did come out today, as it was planned to. Both yeah. of those books were announced at the same time. Um, yeah. So there's clearly... But, Go ahead. But speaking of things that could have been, I mean, like, one of the things that I keep thinking about with, with like, they really didn't touch on Ray's parents much in this movie at all. Yes, let's get they're just kind of They're just kind of a throwaway in the movie. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, I was like, tell me what you think about this idea. What if they didn't bring Palpatine back and they instead had Ray's parents as, or at least her father being like the main villain? That would have been great. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, would have been, that. yeah, it would have been, it would have been, it would have been a new character. Yeah. Original, you know, they, they, and it could have had this here again where you have, you know, Kylo Ren trying to carry on the legacy of Darth Vader. You could have had Ray's dad trying to carry on the legacy of his father. Yeah, yeah. Or I mean, you know, have them attached and, with. Or go ahead. Right, and and, and I and, and one of the first things that I thought about when like with with its Force Awakens is, is we don't know whose Ray's parents are, but whoever they are, they are just fucking awful people for leaving yeah. her on Jakku. Yeah, and leaving them with I mean, fucking un- underplot. All the all yeah, of all the places <laughs> you could have left her. Jack yeah. who? Well, but but here's the rub, right? Is that we know the Emperor had like some secret lab on Jack. That didn't even tie into anything. I, I know, I know. Not up in the movie. <laughs> exactly. It's that's what so I frustrating. Yeah, that's what that's what I was gonna say was it would have been great if it was Ray's dad and they did all this because he could have used that. He could have been uh he could have been like the head of the acolytes of the beyond, which we still know nothing about. We don't mm-hmm. know what the fuck that was. I mean, mm-hmm. and clearly somebody like name dropped that with uh with Asshat there in the the aftermath trilogy. Um I, I forget his name, or Chuck Wendig, that's it. Yeah. And um yeah, I mean there were there were directions this was this was supposed to go, or that like some groundwork was getting laid a long time or years ago. Right. right. And they they did a just a hard ass course correction. Yeah. Well, I mean, you and you had the whole storyline in Battlefront Two about you know, Operation Cinder, right? And we still don't know what the point of that was. No, I mean, this felt like when this opened up, it felt like Operation Cinder. You know, like oh, yeah. suddenly there's like a message from the Emperor going out everywhere. Right. That was, right. you know, all right. Let me ask yeah, you this. Yeah, okay. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. That that this crawl You're talk about that was the first so, sentence that was so bizarre. The and, dead I mean, speak. The, the dead speak. I mean, okay. For one, I mean. Here's an instance of please show, don't tell. I yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Show me, show me the message from the emperor. Show me the I message. Wanna, <laughs> it says, show me the I money, right? Show me. The, yeah. I don't want to hear. I mean, like that. That line was just it. It just smacked me in the face. It was so bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I instantly turned out. I was like the dead. I was like that's a weird line to open up with. Yeah. Like, and, and most people are saying actually, I've heard because I've listened to a few other reviews from some people uh and and everybody has pretty much said the same thing like what is with that opening line like that, that I, there's something odd there like i i really feel i i don't know because these you know hollywood movies today get uh focus grouped to death 
I mean, mm-hmm. like, like, like they, they go through so many filters. Who thought that was a good idea? You know, like, like that, that's a very weird line to open up with. And I, I don't know. I, I thought that was damn strange, yeah. uh, but anyway, okay. So, so, but I don't know what else to say about it. Just that it, there's something about it that really hits you. Uh, and, and it's not, something's not right there, but that, that's all I've got. I mean, do you want anything, you want to comment no, anything no, else on that? No, no. Okay. Well then about the dead speaking, um, let's talk about that Han Solo scene, uh, which I kind of expected something like this. Yeah. To, to happen. Yeah. Uh, I will admit that I got a chill and almost a tear when you just hear Harrison Ford say, Hey kid, you know, yeah. like, like that. I mean, it hit me like a ton of bricks, even though this movie was so many unearned moments. And I dare say, even this is unearned. And I think your idea for having Anakin be there instead would have been much better. Um, that did hit me like, like, cause you it know, was, like, wow, it, go ahead. Yeah. It was it was a touching moment, you know, and and you know when he comes up and and you know kind of, you know, puts his 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 hand on Kylo's face, kind of the way that he died. Yeah, you know that was that was, I I did appreciate that moment. Yeah, uh, I mean I'm glad he wasn't a Force ghost. Right? Yeah, that was good. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm glad that pretty much acknowledged that this was just kind of inside his head. Yeah, 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 that was good. I thought it was. Harrison Ford looked about 10 years younger than he did in the force awakens, which was kind of weird. Um, I mean, he, he looked strangely young. Uh, really? Oh. I, I thought so. I didn't, I didn't pick up on that, but you know, I'll, I'll look for that the next time I watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he looked really young, but anyway, I mean, it worked for what it was. It worked. Uh, again, the pacing in this movie was so wild, you know, it was full throttle the whole thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. that you didn't really, I mean, I think part of the reason that the scene might have even struck was because for a few minutes somebody was talking slow, which was nice. Uh, and you know, it, it worked. It was definitely one of the better scenes, even though it could have been better, uh, like mm-hmm. with, with what you had in mind. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to really say on that. I mean, I'm glad Harrison Ford was there. I'm glad we basically got another movie where all three of them were at least in some form or fashion in it, uh, even though we never got them together again. Right. Uh, I mean, and to be clear, you know, he could have been a force ghost. I mean, he's he's not. We know he's not. But right. he could have been because we know it was the book from a certain point of view. That anthology series, like Baru is a ghost. She knows what's going on. You know, Aunt Baru. Um, so, I mean, it seems, and, and I don't like it, but it seems like regular people can basically be around. Uh, even though it gets yeah, set up in the prequels I, that Qui-Gon can, you know, like he he figured out something new in him being able to, to, to talk from the dead, but go yeah, ahead. Yeah. That I, I don't like that either. And, and yeah, I, I liked the, the whole force ghost thing being something special. That was kind of like a more recent development in the history of the Jedi. Yeah. And very few can do it even then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which I think yeah. is good. And, and uh, here again, just kind of reiterating the, the, the way that they did, you know, the whole force ghost thing with Leia, where her body disappears long after she's dead. That I don't like that either. That kind of muddies the water with the whole Force Ghost thing, in my opinion, too. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Um, let's, you know, let's, while we're on that, why don't we switch gears to the death of Ben Solo? Uh, how did you feel about this? How did you feel about the redemption arc? How do you feel about him dying? How do you feel about that kiss? How do you feel about it? Um, yeah, it, it, it. It's, uh, here again, this is another thing that kind of feels very fan servicey. The mm. the the, the, the Raylo. Raylo. 
yeah, the yeah. Raylo fans kind of get what they want here. Which I can't fucking like, stand. Yeah. But yeah, whatever. I mean, I get it. I don't have to like it, but I get mm-hmm. it. Um, I it, it was it was damn odd to me that i mean ray seemed like she was dead dead yeah and not just for a, like you know a few moments but for like a good long while like yeah and, and Ky- kylo didn't just force heal her he literally brought her back from the dead and that was damn odd to me right yeah i i agree with that um i i didn't think like any, there was no emotional real emotional weight to it for me uh no it, it didn't like it was expected yeah. I was like, oh, yep, he's gonna, and, he's gonna heal I, her. I don't have a huge problem with 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 Kylo having a redemption arc. I mean, if if Darth Vader and all the awful things that he did, mm-hmm. you know, if he can be redeemed, then you know anybody can be redeemed. Yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know. I'm still a little pissed about that Zillow beast. Um, I mean, if if Kylo hadn't killed that Zillow beast, maybe I think he could get redeemed. But I, <laughs> 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 I really do feel bad about that Zillow beast. Like that, that just seemed too easy of yeah. a way to kill those things. But yeah. anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I'd rather he didn't, I think he should have gone out full dark, but whatever it, it was fine and i get it that everybody's crazy about the whole Raylo thing and right. um i mean better that than her ending up with like finn or poe because i thought that would have been kind of cheap i actually like that she's basically alone um but... yeah speaking of which i mean i would have much preferred if, if finn and poe had ended up being a thing like many of the fans wanted i yeah. think been, like yeah that would have been awesome yeah oh, i'm all in, in fact, in fact in fact, it would have been even a bit, you know, the uh, mix in um, um, Zori Bliss too. You know, have have Poe be bisexual. That would have been awesome. Yeah, no, I'm I'm all on the the, the Finn Poe Bliss train. I'm I'm right there. Uh, hell, let them be polyamorous if they want to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's get really. I I mean, you know, credit the the great and where I actually, you know, I did one of my. I mean, granted, people that are ever around me and people that listen to Sovereign Tech or whatever. Um, like in real life, I actually do. I woo all the time. Like I, I literally, I, I'll go, woo, you know, like I, I, mm-hmm. I do that in real life. And, uh, in the theater when, uh, that, that rebel officer or resistance officer and wh- whoever her girlfriend was. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> and they kissed. And I was like, woo, <laughs> good. You know? <laughs> right. And we were told there'd be representation. Of course it was very vague, yeah, uh, but, but yeah. I think JJ said there will be representation in this film. Uh, well, we did get it. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, I, for a split second, but I thought that was a much more meaningful kiss than the one between, uh, 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 Ray and, and, and Ben. Um, but anyway, not, you know, I don't really have anything yeah. to add on that. Yeah. Uh, but you were, a, go ahead. I, I, I have a big question for you. Yeah. So how this, we're, we're, we're talking about the end of the movie now. Yeah. How do you feel about the, the Sith at the end? Ooh. Okay, I, we can talk about this. We got to talk about the force healing at some point. Okay, uh, like that—that that is key that we talk about that. Uh, but okay, let's talk about this. This is the main reason I wanted the visual dictionary. As soon as I knew we were going to be getting some Sith stuff, I'm like, oh, this is going to get interesting. And it's already the first things I've read in the visual dictionary because there's a lot of things I wanted to know. Uh, just a quick side note uh, that plays that's in this. Uh, when I saw the black woman uh, aboard the First Order Star Destroyer, I was instantly wondering if that was Ray Sloan. Um, mm. And I can say that it's not. I know that it's not because she's in the dictionary and it's not her. 
Uh, that's a shame because I still want to know more about that character, but whatever. Okay. Um, one thing I can also tell you is that the Sith Troopers, who, I mean, how much screen time did they even get? Uh, yeah, like for amount of hype that they got. Right, right. I mean, barely any. Right. I mean, we know, like, just like with Rogue One with the Shore Troopers, we know different types of stormtroopers get made to sell toys. They don't get made for the story. Um, though it was great when those Death Troopers showed up in Mandalorian. Where they, holy shit. Yes, that was awesome. <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> anyway, sorry, let's get back to the bad stuff. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Understand, yeah. we have to have breathers where we can feel good about Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, otherwise... <laughs> otherwise microsoft might have a very tragic recording at the end of this of like wait what did what did rob and brian do to themselves <laughs> anyway, all right so <laughs> um yeah the Sith troopers are barely in it and but one thing i can tell you they're not clones like i instantly thought okay they're clones you know like how did the how did he get this army that mm-hmm. even the first order didn't know about um which by the way i like the idea that he declared the final order i thought that sounded really cool you know, and gave yeah, some as, credibility to this concept of the first order. Go ahead. Right. Yeah. Well, it it it, it, it was very um very overtones of of you know. Oh, it's Nazi. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Right. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Um, I I, th- I thought that 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 kind of worked. Uh, I'll say the the dagger that told them where the other wayfinder is, where mm-hmm. where one of the two wayfinders is. Um, that was probably the most convenient MacGuffin in the whole film mm-hmm. yeah. um, and ridiculous. Yep. And yep. also, I hope it finally teaches, and it won't because they just do it for for website clicks and YouTube video clicks. I hope it would finally teach people to stop analyzing Star Wars trailers. Like, right. just don't bother. Right. Because there's so many people who said that was a Sith dagger or that it was like the Sith the dagger Mortis. from Mortis. Yeah, right. right. Well, that, was, great. I, that, I, wasn't hey. even a, that wasn't even a Sith dagger. It was just the, the, the mortis dagger. I mean, it wasn't light or dark side. It was just, right. it was, it was the, the weapon that they could use against the ones. Right. I mean, I would have loved it if it was the mortis dagger and I could see how it would have fit very nicely into that story. If it was mm-hmm. that that's yeah. the thing that could finally kill Palpatine. Right. That would yeah. be awesome. And but here no. again, this just kind of reiterates the point that Disney doesn't understand, you know, that this is what we're into about Star Wars. If they had right. done that, we would love the movie even more. But yes. they don't. They don't want to tie any of this extraneous material together into the movies. Right. Right. So at least not in any meaningful way. Yeah. Exactly. So you know that dagger, pointless, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. And and again, I hope that 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 if if the makers of these videos that analyze these trailers don't stop, I just hope people stop watching them. You know, and and saying like, no, you're full of crap because Disney just doesn't care and they don't understand the way that Star Wars fans think. Um, so anyway, uh, the Wayfinder thing, I thought that that was kind of cool. You know, that this is like, I mean, they don't explain it at all in the movie. Yeah. But the what I read in the dictionary was awesome. That like this is what they used before they had Navi computers. And okay. in fact, that there are actually species whose brains kind of work that way. And it actually reminded me of Wing Commander, 
of the pilgrims from mm-hmm. Wing Commander, which I thought was mm-hmm. a really, really cool idea. But then there, there are these really ancient things, and this is how people used to navigate space lanes and all that. And okay. so it, it, it's a cool concept, the idea that there's only two of them. I'll tell you what, what it was a drop ball. I had no goddamn idea that it was Mustafar that we were on at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, I suspected. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> like do a Rogue One did, label the fucking right. planets, you know? Right. Right. Can you can you even spell Exegol? I mean, I can now right. because or I have least, the dictionary. Or at, least, at least have a point for them being there too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I there, mean, there was you, none. Yeah. I mean, you spend thirty and that's Mustafar, and you only spend thirty seconds there. Oh, give mm-hmm. me a break. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was yeah. a drop ball. Uh. Yep. Anyway. So, um. Yeah, Sith troopers aren't clones. I mentioned that. Like, I loved the idea of like the Sith Eternal, like the, the you know these cultists or like these loyalists that and that they have their own little symbol and everything and they've been like working with the sith forever and that keeps the rule of two there but then it also expands uh, yeah see that's that's where i ended up having the problem here is is, is that i mean the 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 to me this kind of throws the rule tool rule two out the door i i think it's a clever way to have it and still have more people that work with the sith but i i, I totally understand where you're coming from yeah but i mean that that was the whole point of the rule of two is to keep things very secretive. And the only way you're going to do that is by keeping the numbers really low. Well, but all, so, so, so and, and again, this is stuff, and, and this is what I mean when, I, when I've been saying this whole episode, that there's a thousand great ideas in this movie that I know can get expanded upon. I knew that the dictionary was going to expand on these, and it was going to do it hardcore, and mm-hmm. it does. And basically, like, these people have always lived on Exegol, they can't leave Exegol. I mean, that's like part of the whole, that's part of the whole plot uh, yeah. of the movie okay. is that these ships can't go. And so they know there's more out there, but like, yeah, I mean, they, they can okay. still be kept secret. Yeah, I know. Uh, I just, it just, it's, it's when I saw, you know, the, the Palpatine sports arena with, with all the Sith in yeah. the stadium that I started going, oh, well, I guess the rule two is like never actually been a real thing. Yeah, but it's a cool idea. What like when it gets expanded upon, especially in the dictionary, it's a cool idea because it makes sense that like you have like like a Chirut Imwe in Rogue One who he can't use the Force, but he respects and he's not a Jedi, but he respects the Jedi and he supports them in right. what they're doing. Yeah, the uh, uh, the the yeah the, the wills the wills yeah yeah right. yeah the guardians of the wills right. So for there to be a corollary to that as in people who respect the dark side, even if they can't use it and like appreciate its purporting throughout the universe. I like that that exists. Like, I I think that that makes sense that there would be the antithesis of that in star Wars. I mean, it it speaks very much to the whole concept of balance, quite frankly, Mm -hmm. but you don't get any of that in the movie. Like you don't understand. And and it's weird because suddenly you, you have this huge fleet that came out of nowhere. And not only do you have a huge fleet, everybody's got their own uniforms, you know, and, and right. I like the I like the cut of their jib and that female yeah. captain. You know, I mean, I thought that was fantastic. Like, yeah, I like I, the red I, lines in it. Exactly. Yeah. Like the chevron lines coming yeah. down the center of the chest. That was really kind of cool. Yeah, that was slick. Um, I, I, You know, I dig all of that. But I mean, then you have this huge fleet and I get it where people who see this movie are going, where the fuck did all that come from? Right. I mean, at exactly. least in, right. At least in Dark Empire, we know where it came from because you had the world devastators that were these giant ships that that literally vacuumed, like sucked up the like entire planets, basically. Right. And would shit out 
Star Destroyers. Like, like I mean, they, right. they would they would literally shit them out, you know? Yeah, and TIE <laughs> Fighters and whatever else they wanted to Whatever build. they needed. And it's a crazy idea, but you're like, well, it's Star Wars and it's the Emperor, so what the fuck? They can kind of do anything they want. And But we didn't get that. Like, you get no explanation of this stuff. Now, the dictionary no, here says... Again, this is yeah, the stuff ahead. that should have been yes. in the first movie. Yes. You know, yeah. like, have hints of this Sith cult right from the start. Right. And it would have all made so much more sense. Right. Right. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, and now, I mean, according to the dictionary, these things have been getting built for decades. Uh, and I guess it had to be done on Exegol because otherwise, yeah. no. Um, again, I don't mind the idea itself because I loved and, it when it was done in Dark Empire 30 years ago. But go ahead. And the other thing, too, is I, I guess this was supposed to be our big payoff on all the mysteries surrounding the unknown regions, which to me is like kind of honestly kind of a letdown i mean it was <sighs> yeah yeah i mean it's good all right it'll be interesting so we know we're getting and we haven't talked about this yet it we know we're getting a a a, a thrawn book next year yes 2020. yes and it's like a prequel right if i I'm, think so yeah it's called ascendancy i think and so right. i think that has to do with the chists themselves right um if if there's a way of sneaking in the idea that the reason the emperor has Thrawn so close to him is because he wants to make sure the Chiss don't know what he's doing out there. Yeah. Like after the fact that can kind of be cool, but well, without, without look, JJ just made it up as he went along. Like, (laughs) I I think that we were getting set up for very different things in the unknown regions. I don't know that this was the plan the whole time. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. But I hope that, I mean, I, I, I'd be fine if they do both. I don't. I don't know. Because, yeah, like I said, that that was a really awful long, you know, kind of game they were pulling off with building up this mystery about the unknown regions to get yeah. the payoff that we did. Yeah, yeah, a payoff with really no explanation on screen. No, like, I, I mean, I mean, it, again, there's fascinating stuff in this dictionary. If you want to, rem- I, I think if you want to like grasp some of some finer points in this movie, I recommend everybody buy it or. I don't know, go to Barnes and Nobles with a coffee and, and, and give it a read or something. You know, if you don't want to give Disney money, I believe me, I support you. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I get your rule of two thing. Like, I really understand that. Uh, but I don't mind it. And, and because I actually, when the rule of two became a thing, I didn't like that. Um, I, I thought that it kind of chat on like what Exar Kuhn was doing what Marco Ragnos was doing. Yeah, you know. but that was all before the rule too. Well, you're right. But yeah. I mean, like, that's cool though, that like the Sith was an empire, you know? Right, then, right. But I mean, yeah. that, that's, that's, I mean, that's the thing is, is like, I, I would have liked to have seen this in a different context. Yeah. I would yeah. have liked to have seen this like in an old, old Republic era movie. Yeah. Not in the sequel trilogy. Yeah. No, that, that's, that, that's not, that's not unfair, but, I mean, there's something like, so this is another concept that just like get, gets laid on us and we have no fucking idea what it is. And it's out of nowhere, the dyad. Okay. Which is this idea that apparently like, I don't know, somehow Kylo and Ray are joined at the hip yeah, uh, by the force. Like, yeah. and, and it's something that only ha- it hasn't happened in generations, according to Palpatine. Uh, I mean, I like the, I can think of ways in which this is a really cool idea. Um, 
but they didn't do anything with it. Like, yeah. and, it, and it just, it comes off as weird and, and odd and unimportant and it just makes the movie worse. Yeah. Uh, well, it, it just gives something so, so Palpatine can have a force slurpee. <laughs> the force slurpee. Uh, so that's where we're going to rename episode nine. Um, <laughs> because that's all this movie was. Force I mean, everybody's slurping life force off Pal- everybody in this fucking yeah, movie. Say, Palpatine puts the dark slurp on Ray and Kylo. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh man! All right, yeah, the force slurpee. There, I got to remember that. Uh, so. Yeah, the, like so. I mean, do you have any thoughts on the diet? Anything you want to add in on that? Uh, like I said, there's just I, I don't know what to make of it because there's really uh, it seems like something that came up at the last minute. I know it. I guarantee you, this is not what George had in mind. No, no, no. Yeah, and no. by the way, he didn't even go to the premiere. He went wow. to the premiere of Force Awakens and Last Jedi. He did not go to the premiere of this movie. Wow, that's. Uh... Uh, and, and, I, we, I, and we we know he had some level involvement, but rumors I've heard is is that everything that he contributed to this movie was left on the cutting room floor. Probably, um, that that's a good that's a win on George and Disney's side because one, don't put George in the position that he has to say this movie is great. Right. Two, don't uh, you know because. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's no way he was going to say that anyway, and that's where two comes in, is that Disney, you know, saved themselves from a train wreck. I mean, because George would have just said, "What? I don't know what the fuck I just saw, but <laughs> that ain't my fucking movie. <laughs> I wouldn't have fucking made it like that. <laughs> you know? Hashtag not my Star Wars. Hashtag not my Star Wars. <laughs> it's like, so you thought the prequel sucked, huh? <laughs> have you seen... How do you feel now? <laughs> right. Just aside, have you seen those... Uh, those um those deep fakes on YouTube where he's reviewing the, uh, the sequel trilogy movies. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Th- oh man. There's a guy out there that does such a great George Lucas. I, I, for- I keep forgetting his name and it's so funny when he does stuff. Cause he just acts like George Lucas is a guy that just doesn't have a care in the world. And he doesn't care what anybody thinks. And I think that's really George Lucas. And you know what? I'm glad because no, he I, don't think I, don't, well, I, I think he's I, a nice guy. Yeah, I do. I, I yeah. think I think I think he's a very sweet man. I yeah. think I think if anything, he probably takes too much to heart. But I think yeah. that's part of what makes Star Wars so beautiful. Yes. Yeah, I agree. And and and, and just in case George somehow hears this, I mean, George, I've been defending you forever. Uh, you know, on everything. And yeah, very, no, he's he's, yeah. he's a very sweet, sensitive man, in my opinion. Yeah, but he is a person who also can say whatever the hell he wants and doesn't have to worry about what anybody thinks. Right. I mean, he's he's done his bit for for king and country, as they would say. Uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, we're here, and we wouldn't be here without him. So. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, I said, I hope I hope he gets really you know really talkative in the in, in the coming years and and spills the beans on everything. Oh, it's going to really be do. You, th- you think you, you? I don't give a shit who shot JFK. I want to hear George Lucas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I want to big news. <laughs> I I I want I I want those those script treatments that uh, Disney b- bought back in 2012. I want to know what they were. I, I could see that, you know, if I was a news organization and like somebody found out who actually did shoot JFK, it's like real quick, get George Lucas on the camera <laughs> like, <laughs> talking about what really Star Wars supposed to really do. It's like every, nobody will even care. And I'm like, yeah, no, nobody will care. We're dying to know. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let, let's bring this back. Speaking of, uh, of, of four Slurpees, let's um, let, let's talk up uh, 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 the, the spreading of life force. Um 
And I don't mean like anything that was going on at that festival in the middle of the movie, even though I was half expecting uh, when the guy put the uh, <laughs> put the necklace on Ray. I was, like, <laughs> I was so terrible, folks. I, I, believe me, I am a feminist ally, but like I, I literally said it to the theaters, like, show us your tits. <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars does spring break. Yeah, I was expecting Snoop Dogg to come out, you know, him and Lando hanging out together. Snoop Dogg's got the camera. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, they should have had that guy with, like, the huge vape machine at uh, Taco Donna from the first movie. Yeah, spreading around the hookah. Here you go. <laughs> I'm so bad. I'm so sorry. Uh, anyway, <laughs> that's all I could think of, though. I mean, all right, the festival, real quick. I mean, it it was fine. Yeah. And Lando being there was fine. It was a little out of place. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I kind of get that. Yeah. It's definitely something that's going to be coming to Galaxy's Edge near you. I right. mean, like, there's no doubt about that. And well, uh, I mean, I mean, is it just me or is the scene after that where they're going after the guy's ship? I mean, that that scene was like ripped straight out of the Goonies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. Yes, yeah. Totally right. Um, and that that was. Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, uh, 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 who was that down there in that cave? Was that one eye Willie? <laughs> hey you guys <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> well that, see that was weird like yeah well that snake and and so, yeah. so this gets into yeah. the life force thing what you know even ellen said it, like where the fuck did that snake come from right and and we're all just like yeah, where, 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 what is this like like it was totally out of place there's yeah. no doubt it was set up to show the 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 force healing okay and but but to be clear, now we were told that they were going to do a special early release of episode seven, not Force Awakens, of The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was going to tie into um, episode nine uh, of Star, or you know, into Rise of Skywalker. No doubt about it. That tie-in, I was expecting it to be maybe like uh, Moff Gideon, but no doubt about it. It was this Force healing because we get right. to see Baby Yoda do that, right? Right. Now. Um, I think they explicitly did this in response to how many people, when The Last Jedi came out, said, what the fuck did Luke just do? What is this Force time? Jedi never done that before. You mm-hmm. know, you got to set some kind of precedent here before mm-hmm. you pull this kind of shit on us. And I guarantee you it was response to that. And, of course, then it ended up getting used later on in the movie to both heal uh, uh, Kylo and, you know, to heal Ray and right. whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, what, g- give me some thoughts on that, Rob. Well, my, in my opinion, that's not even the worst thing they did with the force in this movie. Aha. Mm. I mean, uh, okay. Okay. <sighs> so last Jedi introduced it as this idea that there are certain force powers that, you know, constrain a person so much that it literally kills them. This yeah. is how Luke Skywalker dies. Yeah. He dies by force projecting his image across the galaxy to another planet. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't like it, but I can I can buy it. And yet, in what the first half hour of this movie, we have force. We have Kylo Ren literally reaching across space and time to grab an object on a person yeah. from an, on another planet and bring it through to his side. And that's just that's easy. Yeah. Well, well I mean. It- this this breaks my mind this literally breaks my brain as to like there's there is no sort of standard 
for how the force works. Right. And the thing that should be like easy, like projecting your image, is apparently the thing that kills you. And the thing that should be extremely hard, like violating, you know, the the laws of space and time by you know grabbing objects from one side of the universe and pulling them across the galaxy that's that's easy that's that's no problem we can do that whenever we want yeah and and it creates a narrative issue in my opinion because in the last jedi when luke uh hands leia the dice from the falcon which we know he picked up when he mm-hmm. went into the falcon earlier in the film they disappear when kylo picks them up right i have them disappear if he can if you can fucking transport objects yeah you know i mean i get it because this is jj's idea not ryan johnson's but like that creates a problem that would have been great for and and then that would have added in a great moment where Kylo could pull out those dice from his uniform. Yeah. You know, and and when he when he sees his dad, like it, it could have been very emotional, even though I think yeah. those dice are kind of a stupid idea. But still, I mean, and they were it, just a fluke. But go ahead. And not only that, you know, what what kills Ray at the end of the movie is her, you know, deflecting the force lightning from the emperor back at him. Yeah. But Mace, Mace Window did that in Revenge of the Sith. And that's not what killed him. It's him getting thrown off the building by, you know, Anakin that that killed him. Right, right. Yeah, it, I mean, it did melt. Like in episode three, it, it it did scar his face. So I guess maybe it's how many lightsabers you use against Force Lightning. <laughs> because, <Ugh>. <laughs> <laughs> which Ugh. is, yeah, I mean, that was bad. That 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 was that was bad. It, yeah, it just. It, the the things that the, the the force does that that you can basically commit suicide with there there's nothing in common yeah. with any of these things there's yeah. no there's no standard there's no logic yeah. it's just somebody decides oh that's too that's too much that's beyond the pale that'll kill you yeah 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 i do want to bring up i mean and all great points and i agree with everything you're saying on that totally um i do want to bring up like the idea of that, that force healing, because rightfully so a lot of people are saying, Hey, wow, I wish we all knew that trick or, you know, I wish they knew that trick in other movies where they yeah. could have saved Qui-Gon. Uh, they, I mean, that you brought thing. this up right when we were talking off air and, uh, I do think that the argument can be made again, if the movie took a minute to have like some real narrative flow and breathe, I think it would have been interesting. Now we got to wait on, on, explaining baby Yoda, which we don't have the explanation for yet. And we're probably not going to have next week, which is fine because it's a TV series for fuck's sake. But I think that's a dark side power. I don't think that that's like a light side power. And that's why Jedi never did it before. Um, And my argument for that actually goes back to initial, well, a couple things. One is episode three, but the other is the old EU, old EU book, which of course isn't canon anymore, which is my favorite though, but shadows of the empire where in the beginning of it, Vader is, this This takes this book takes place between Empire and Return. Vader's in his capsule, and he's healing himself with the dark side. And he gets himself to the point that he can breathe without his suit. And he's using the dark side to do this. And the problem that happens is, is that once he's able to breathe without his suit, he becomes so happy and filled with so much joy that he loses access to the dark side. And when that happens, like, he, he can't breathe anymore, and then instantly he gets angry again, okay? Um, but... Ironically, that's a dark side power. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if George Lucas took the idea from that book and put that in episode three when he says with Darth Plagueis that Darth Plagueis could create life. And of course, now Disney's picked up that ball and ran with it. Mm-hmm. And now we have the the suggestion in the Darth Vader comic, right, that Palpatine created Anakin. 
you know, that he created life with the midichlorians. Right. Um, so this idea of healing people in this way could appear to be like, like this is a dark side thing. And that would explain yeah. why Palpatine can kind of come back to life because maybe he could sort of do it to himself. Kylo or, you know, Ben Solo, who was Kylo, who was dabbling in the dark side, could do it. And Ray could do it, who, of course, can also shoot force lightning, which I thought that was fine. Um, Baby Yoda's the odd man out in this. But yeah, well, except yeah. for the fact in that last episode, we also got Baby Yoda straight up force choking Cara Dune. That's right. dark side. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, yeah. That could lead to some like really dark directions with this show. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And it, we'll get into that more, I'm sure, in the future when yeah, we do our I, reviews. Right. But, I, yeah. I have some thoughts on that. But yes, yeah, I agree with you that that could go into dark places. Um, yeah. So so I think that's they that's one I think they could explain away. Like they have enough enough of a case that I put together, like while watching the movie where I was like, oh, well, that's probably a dark side power, even though it would seem antithetical. Like it would seem like, no, wouldn't healing be a light side power? Um, yeah. But I like that because that well, kind of reminds. Go ahead. Well, they well, even even when she uses that power on the the snake, mm-hmm. she, she says something, and I can't remember the exact words, but basically, she was using her life force to heal that right. creature. So right. I I definitely could see that being a dark side power because you're inherently taking life from one thing and giving it to another. Yeah, it's a force slurpy. So, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just better watch out when we get to the four slushies. Then things are going to get weird. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah but and, and you all, you always have a sucker and a sucky. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man, icy is going to be all over this. I can see it now. <laughs> so, yeah, but so anyway, I, like that's one that I don't mind so much. But I agree with you that like the level that force time went to in this was just preposterous. I mean, it just went way out there. Um, oh, I'm trying to think if there's any, I'm trying to think of any errata, you know, uh, of what happened within it, like little things. Uh, how did you feel about Babu Frick? Let me ask you that. Uh, he's cute. He was okay. I mean, it was good for a laugh. I mean, I, I, I know you like the character, um, honestly, I thought the whole storyline with C-3PO was kind of, um, I don't know, lame. <laughs> yep. I agree. No, I agree with you. That. So, so I mean, his, his reason for existing the movie kind of sucks, but I would like to see more of the character. Um, <laughs> I, I at, the, at the same time, I, I, I guess, you know, some people are trying to make news over the fact that people are quote, leaving baby Yoda for, for Babu Frick. Uh, okay. <laughs> whatever you know yeah yeah this, this, I, I mean this, this is the, the 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 lengths that people in 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 you know genre media have to go to to uh you know generate clicks yeah 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 well there there it is i did love like <laughs> when c3po gets i mean it was it was a la- it was another genuine laugh out loud moment in the movie you know when c3po gets reactivated and he doesn't remember anything He's like, hello, I'm C-3PO, who are you? And then, like, suddenly, just out of nowhere, he interrupts everybody. Hello, I'm Babu Frick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And <laughs> later on, later on, C-3PO goes, oh, Babu Frick, he's my oldest friend. Yeah, so <laughs> I, That I, I mean, thought was good. Like, that was, like, yeah. I didn't like the C-3PO storyline, but it did have funny moments, including, like, you know, when they first talk about, you know, the fact that C-3PO, C-3PO could interpret this, uh, this Sith dagger. Yeah. And say, oh, like, 
well, the only way we could get this information is like, you know, from black market droid hackers and Finn's like, yeah, let's do that. (laughs) I I laughed at that. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was, that was good. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, there's points to this. I mean, let's talk about the humor a little bit, I guess, quick. There's points to this that are genuinely funny. I mean, very, very funny. And it's not Marvel humor either. Like, uh, I want to give it credit that it did not play on Ryan Johnson's attempt at Marvel humor. Um, So, and and I like that. Like, I like that the humor was a little something else. Even some of it looked like it might have been pretty organic between the cast, mm-hmm. uh, which was which was pretty nice. So I, I don't know. Did I mean how many how many laugh out loud moments do you think you had with the film? Couple. I mean, Couple. yeah. Like, I, and I think we just mentioned most of them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Probably same, but yeah. Um, what else we got? I mean, you got any any other any other high notes you want to bring up? I'm sure you know we're going to see this again, and we're probably going to end up talking about it again quite a bit. But um, uh, any, any other weird things that you can think of, Rob? You know that you want to. No, I think I've you know like I've pretty much hit on most of my you know major problems with the with with mm-hmm. the movie. Uh, and here again, like I, I don't hate the movie. It, it, I'm not I'm not a you know Rise of Skywalker hater. Uh, yeah, no, same here. I'm not here to bash it. Um, like I said, I and and I would do. I would be critical of of any movie that I'm passionate about. I mean, yeah, that's. It, that's just a fact. Yeah. 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 I'm saying I, like, I, I don't hate it. Um, I recognize the rampant flaws uh, with the film. Like, I mean, I really, really get it. Uh, I am a person I'm unique in that. And I've talked about this on, on my other shows before as well, where if I see the potential in something like I can love it and, and I can yeah. fill in the gaps yeah. and the potential in my head. Right. And I did that a lot with this movie with a lot of the yeah. Sith stuff, because even if it's like contrived or like, it's not what we ever originally thought about the Sith. Like I'll admit it. I'm fucking happy to just have a shit ton more Sith stuff. Like, I, right. I mean, I, I, because that's always been a very big appeal to me. That's always been, you know, mysteries are always an appeal and it's always been a huge mystery uh, well, for decades with Star Wars. I, I, you know, and I felt the same way about the, the flashback scene with, with Luke and Leia training. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was like, I almost felt like they were pulling a memory out of my head from the old EU. Yeah. 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 That was nice. I mean, yeah, th- there's, there's a lot of like cool little things in this and yeah. it, I mean, there's certainly like the tempting Ray, you know, with being an empress, which I, I mean, believe me, folks, it would have been phenomenal if she became the emperor. Like I would have been so on board with that whole idea. Uh, was there's no, I mean, almost at points, it felt word for word, like the script of return of the Jedi. Like, I, I, I mean, I, I, I gotta admit that, that, yeah. that there's that, that JJ Abrams once again, borrowed, uh, heavily, but at the same well, time, Go ahead. I mean, and, and they used the, the music from Return of the Jedi during those scenes, like, you right. know, where the Death Star and she's having like, like as she's walking into that, you know, room where mm-hmm. the uh, where the Wayfinder is, is just like literally all the musical cues from Return of the Jedi. Yeah, 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 yeah. Beat for beat. And like, I mean, that's fine. But there there are a lot of there. I think there are even if it's pulled from Dark Empire, as far as something we've seen in a movie, there's a lot of original ideas here that uh, frankly i kind of appreciated i don't know about a lot maybe i shouldn't say that but there there were some original ideas there were some things that checked some boxes for me of what i've been wanting to see in star wars right uh and so you know i've got to give it a lot of credit for that because some of them were ballsy you know some of them took guts 
I think, to put on the screen. Did they go the directions I thought they should have? No, not exactly. Uh, but they were there. In fact, I even, I think the message of there's more of us than there are of them was a very light, I mean, it, it's Star Wars faux philosophy, mm-hmm. but the concept that a military didn't come to save the day, but it was just everyday people. Yeah, yeah. You know, showing up and coming in and kicking ass well, against I, the authoritarians, I thought was was great. Yeah, and I also I really appreciated the line that you know like their their goal is to make you think that you're alone. Yes, and that I mean that really kind of speaks to our modern world <laughs> very oh. much. So oh hell yeah yeah, yeah and, and, and and it's true it's a true and, statement. Yes yeah. yes and 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 really you have to be on the lookout from people on all sides doing that. I don't care what your political persuasion is mm-hmm. or your, or your, your ideology or anything. It seems like everybody's out to make you, you think and feel that you're totally alone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I, yeah, absolutely. I thought that that was a great line to bring up. And I mean, it even like cut at me that, yeah, this is how they get you to, to give up is that right. they make you feel like you're alone and you're not. Um, yeah, I, I I thought that that I mean, so there's those little messages that I thought worked. I mean, and I can give that same credit to the Last Jedi, like DJ's whole line of you know, live free, don't join. Right. I I, I mean, that's the way to live. Like like this is just, that's just it. Like you don't need to know much else than that. Uh, and yeah, so I can appreciate that at least there's there's like hints of that stuff, and it wasn't just constantly hope 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 hope. Even though hope did get say did get said a couple times in this movie, unfortunately, um, if I ever make a movie like I, I that's going to be in the writer's bible that you can't put that word in the movie. Um, but whatever. So yeah, I mean, I like I, I appreciated that. I don't, there's there's a lot to like here, even if it's in the abstract. There is a lot to like in this movie, but yeah, it's just it has a lot of problems, you know, and it is yeah. a hot mess. And, it, well, and it's. it's- Go ahead. This really just kind of like I mean I, I think we really highlighted really the the, the core message here is is that uh, this is a movie that has some really great moments but narratively all overall it's kind of a mess and yeah. all those those nice pieces don't exactly fit in together perfectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the book is going to do a great job of helping put all that together for reasons similar to the last Jedi book, because in the last Jedi book, you got to get inside Luke Skywalker's head. And so you like, you could hear his thoughts, you know what I mean? Yeah. Cause only novels, well, not only novels, but novels do that. I, I really think this is going to be a great, great book. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, I mean, do you have any, do you, do you want to wrap it up? Do you have any closing comments you want to make on, you know, on no, the, I, in, in a lot of ways, I am still trying to process move, this movie. Same. So I think I think I'm going to have to watch it a couple more times before I've really digested it and come up with like my my final say on it. So yeah. I'm going to leave that open for the time being. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'm I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Like I don't th- I don't want to give it like a. It's hard to even judge the film. Yeah. You know? No. I I couldn't give it a rating. I I can't even place this in you know, my, my order of favorite Star Wars movies yet. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely, for whatever reason, I feel like it's better than the last Jedi. I don't know if that's knee jerk. I mean, we already said that earlier. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm, I, 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 I can place this in terms of the, it is for me the best movie in the sequel trilogy, but uh, in, in terms of all nine movies, I, I can't, I can't place it yet. Yeah. 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 I'm all right. I'm going to agree with you on, on that. Uh, I still think I'm going to hold for right now. I'm holding force awakens higher, but 
it's not by much if it is higher. I mean, it, it really, really isn't. Um, Which is interesting because I'm thinking way back to your original review of Force Awakens and you were actually much more negative on it than I was initially. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I sit on that movie and, and you know what? Maybe maybe it's just because the movies that have come out since other than Rogue One have been so touch and go that yeah. Force Awakens actually looks like a, more of a diamond just, just by comparison, you know? Mm-hmm. And maybe that's the situation that's going on. And I think that's, I, I don't know if we should have this conversation now. We could have it in another episode because, I mean, we've been talking this baby up for a while now. Um, but, I mean, the legacy of the sequel trilogy, I think, is something worthwhile to talk about. Uh, but maybe we need to think more about the Rise of Skywalker's place in it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, um, I, go ahead. Know, there, there was a thing back in the day of the EU where you know we had different levels of canon, and mm-hmm. the ultimate the, the ultimate level was G canon because it came from George Lucas, right? And you know Disney kind of, and you had C canon and all these other different you know levels of canon. In a way, that still kind of is just for me, and so and and this is not me trying to knock the sequel trilogy, but for me, it's 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 decent fan fiction. <laughs> it's, it's not G canon. And it never will be. I I think you've got something there. You know, I I, re- I really think you've got something there with with, with saying that. Uh, and yeah, it, it does it does feel like it. I mean, and, and if it and I go ahead. and I don't I don't I don't use the word fan fiction pejoratively either. No, right. I understand. I've I've been a huge proponent of fan fiction in any genre. I yeah. think you know. I think it's 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 necessary and healthy. For, you know any franchise yes yeah no i agree and uh back in the day creators actually used to really appreciate fan fiction as well <laughs> right uh which maybe they don't so much anymore but man uh yeah i i think you've got something there with that idea of that you know this is always going to kind of be second string um i yeah i i don't know i i mean i always loved the prequels you know but i am not feeling like I've I've defended the prequels for 20 years, and I don't feel the need to defend these movies for a second, um, you know, and and say to people, oh no, but they're actually this, and they're actually great, and this is there. I just I don't I don't feel that at all, and that's yeah. a that's a weird feeling for me. Uh, it is. I I I mean, and I'm not going to argue against anybody who does. I mean, you're going to have a generation that grows up with these movies. You yeah, know, like, that's true. Like in, in much the way that the the prequels are experiencing a renaissance right now, because the audience that grew up with those as kids are now you know adults, yeah, and able to you know fully articulate their love of those movies. That's going to happen, you know, fifteen twenty years from now. Yeah, with the sequel movies. So yeah. and 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 I'm not going to say that they're wrong. It's just for me, they're they're not. They're not G canon. Though, admittedly, I don't know anybody like coming up to me and saying, "Man, Mortal Kombat Annihilation was so good." (laughs) 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 You know, there's Mortal Kombat fans, young and old, and I don't really, I never, never really ran into anybody. It's like, yeah, I grew up with that. Man, it was good shit. Right. I don't have people coming to me and talking about what a great movie Highlander Two was. Oh, oh, man, boy, talk about a narrative mess. It's like, wait, how is how is Ramirez back? Oh, <laughs> right, okay, sure. 
<laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, maybe we'll get a renegade version of uh, of Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, you know, I was I was actually thinking that a little while ago. It'd really be interesting to see somebody uh, edit all three of these movies together in a really kind of different way, where like they pull things out of sequence from you know Rise of Skywalker <sighs> into the beginning of this trilogy. Oh no, 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 you're no, yeah, 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 no, no. I can already see because of the disjointed nature of Rise of Skywalker, you could take out whole plot lines of that and put them into episode eight. You can yeah. put those in The Last Jedi. Yeah. And that, oh, that could, that could be, you could make a great movie or a great duology, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, ooh. Especially if people were able to get a hold of, you know, like, uh, the the um, the deleted, deleted scenes. scenes and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, you you could have you could have the Knights of Ren showing up at Jakku in the first movie. Oh yeah, if they did that, like if they did that Ford uh, Ford truck shot mm-hmm. where they're on the Mesa mm-hmm. <laughs> spinning around, that's pointless. Uh, oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah. Oh, somebody could have a good time with reordering the events and and these movies. Yeah, I could I could see some genuinely great movies come out of this from that. Um, I look forward to that one, so or to those. I'm sure that'll ha- they'll happen. Oh yeah, um, I'm sure it will too. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Damn, that's good. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, you know what? I think we should end off with that notion. You know, basically the idea is, is that for the fans, the fans are always going to have what they're going to have, and they're going to make what they're going to make, and they should make what they're going to make. And since George Lucas basically doesn't own this stuff anymore, we might as well take ownership of it and make our own shit. So go ahead. But <laughs> right. Uh, but that also and just, mess. and just and just remember, I mean, there's there's so much Star Wars out there, you know. E- even if what you love is in the past, nobody can take that away from you. Damn right, and we have the Mandalorian. So. Yes. <laughs> we we got Dave Filoni in the X wing. I, I think everything's going to be all right. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I think the galaxy's going to be safe. You know? <laughs> so, God damn it, that was good. Uh, anyway, uh, all right, you want to wrap this one up, Rob? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, uh, I I will end very just quickly with saying that because I want to give Rob the credit because I said if Episode Nine sucks or if it's not like an if it's not an incredible film that Star Wars is dead to me. Uh, he said, Brian, don't worry, The Mandalorian's going to be awesome and it'll, it'll take care of things. That's what he told me basically, and he was right because this movie was not impressive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but The Mandalorian is so good that I'm still feeling good about Star Wars overall. So, uh, so I, I, I'm a big boy and can admit when I'm wrong and, uh, and, and Rob is often right as, as I've learned over the years. So anyway, <laughs> so there it is. Um, anyway, yeah. So still feeling good about star Wars. I think, wouldn't you say so Rob after, yeah. even oh, after yeah. this? Yeah. No, this, yeah. this, this, this movie did not change my opinion about star Wars in any way whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, if solo can't kill star Wars, nothing can. So, uh, <laughs> 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 There it is. (laughs) Anyway, all right, that's it for this episode of TIE Fighter Renegades. Uh, We'll see what we have planned up for for January because there might be – we have so much to talk about that we could have talked about this month um, that we will get to then. Of course, Star Wars Resistance, more episodes of The Mandalorian. There's comic books. There's books. There's all kinds of shit that's come out uh, worthwhile to uh, to get into, including my viewing of the of uh, a Jedi Fallen Order, which uh, I, I look forward to talking about here in, in the very near future. So plenty of Star Wars to talk about coming up in January. But uh, we'll wrap this one up here, and we will see all of you on the other side.